Uh, I'm Emma Horvath. I'm an actor in Who Are You People? And I'm on the Below the Belt show. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. So to your host with the most, with batteries fully charged, BTB back after a two-week hiatus. That was kind of like our summer season finale. I know we're still in the middle of summer, well, you know, towards the end of summer. Uh, but I look at it as uh, kids are going back to school next week. So this is our fall season premiere of BTB. Uh, we got an incredible show uh, for you guys from top to bottom. It's also a uh, birthday celebration of BTB's own Yo Grace. Morgan <laughs> Fabulous, who I'll introduce first. She is, she has every Daenerys Targaryen moniker, the Mother of Dragons, Queen of the Umbunt, uh, <laughs> you name Andals, it, Queen of the Antles, Queen of Chains, Mother of Dragons, also known as Miss LST. <laughs> Morgan, <I'll never> die. <laughs> Morgan Fabulous, happy birthday. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, good to have you here. Your, your grace. We have uh, royal royalty in our presence here on BTV. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go ahead and introduce the elusive. <laughs> he is the Persian prince of pop culture. <laughs> he is the fan favorite. Uh, he is the man with the calming presence. Unless you're trying to reach him. Uh, the one and the only, Mike the General Zod. Hi, everyone. It is such a privilege and a pleasure to be here for the, um, our, what, what did we call this? The, um, fall the season, season premiere. Fall season premiere. Yes. It's always, you know, how illustrious an event it, this is. And I've missed yeah. a lot of illustrious events this summer. So I want to, I want to make up for it in the ways I can, like <laughs> now, like now. All right. That's right. <laughs> uh, the Persian Prince is back. Wow. It's a lot of royalty. The Persian Prince, uh, your grace, Morgan Fab, Queen Morgan. Well, you could refer to me for my military rank, the general. The general. <laughs> and we also have a court jester <laughs> on the panel. Uh, he's the former producer of our friends over at That Was Disappointing. Uh, he is uh, a, an amazing, amazing producer and uh, podcaster. Oh, you flatter and me. We are happy to have him. He just experienced 
a complete Star Wars Star Wars fanboy's dream at the. He also Star has Wars. a super impressive command center that we can right? see. Like, right. Uh, like that, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, I, I just uh, got it to its kind of done point just this past week. Yeah, it looks. Especially with the it's it the night it's a nice effect with the with the monitor in the background that matches the monitor that you're at and yeah it's uh it works out really well. Thank you. It's a shame we're not actually we're not actually being televised. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. all for naught. Um, well, let's go ahead and introduce him, guys. He is Kenny Hopkins. Guys, Kenny. Uh, yeah, it's good to be good here. To have you uh, back on BTV. Fall below the belt shows a season premiere, huh? And yes, uh, happy birthday, season Morgan. Premiere. Thank you. I just yes. had a birthday on the sixth of August, which is uh, why I was at uh, on the Halcyon cruiser that weekend. Lovely. That's right. Awesome. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that, but uh, announcing uh, a little later on the program our special guest, an accomplished actress representing the DMV. Um, she is amazing in so many ways. She's been in um, Fault in Our Stars. She's been in American Rust on Showtime. Uh, she's in a couple of films, including Tar and uh, Love.com, uh, which you can see on Tubi. And, and Fishbowl. Fishbowl is really and, good. And Fishbowl, yes. Yeah. You guys watched it, yes. We were happy to talk to uh, also a good friend, Emily Peachy. Uh, her first time on Below the Belt show. I don't know why it took so long for us to bring her on, but uh, we are so happy to have Emily as a, our our special guest uh, a little later in the program. So let's get let's get into um, Ken, um let's talk to Kenny. Let's talk to Kenny because uh, again, <laughs> every Star Wars fan's dream uh, basically is this uh, Star Wars uh, Galactic Cruiser. Uh, there's a specific name I'm missing, right? The, the uh, it's okay, so it's it's the Galactic Star Cruiser is what it's right. called, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, and for those who don't know, um, this is at Walt Disney World, and it's a hotel. It's essentially, for all intents and purposes, it, it's it's just a hotel. Um, but it's designed to be on the interior, uh, a the interior of the luxury Star Cruiser, the Halcyon Star Cruiser, Halcyon. Uh, which is. Yeah, Halcyon Star Cruiser, and it's run by the Chandrilla Starlines, which is, you know, known for their galactic star cruisers all across the galaxy. <clears throat> and uh, the one that uh, my wife and I and my two girls boarded was called the Halcyon Cruiser. Obviously, everyone who boards that is going to be on the Halcyon Cruiser, and it's two nights. And uh, you arrive, uh, we arrived Saturday on my birthday, and uh, we got all dressed nice. up and all that good stuff, and... Uh, and yeah, it's it's a fantastic voyage. Um, I even to this day, I I think about it every day since. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it's 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 well, one of those things that's definitely a bucket list Star Wars event. You know, I'm looking at uh, these photos. First of all, did you have a professional photographer in tow? Yes. Uh, well, one of the uh, <laughs> it, this is a, a pay for thing, but um, yeah, we oh. we you you can have a, a professional photographer. They take you around to different parts of the ship, and uh, they have you do different things and pose in different areas. And uh, we're, we we awesome. it's worth every dollar we spent yeah. on it. We're I so happy we did. Sounds the only way to do it. You better uh, have yeah. these photos. They look so legit. It looks like you're on set. It looks like you're you're an actor That's on awesome. set of a Star yeah. Wars. Um, you know, a film or, or TV show, and uh, your daughters have the, uh, I guess, Leia or Ray uh, hairstyles, which is uh, completely yeah. adorable. 
my daughter, uh, my uh, my oldest daughter, um, kind of dressed up as a Leia ish type of deal. Um, she we went on their website. They they sell different outfits that you can wear and stuff. I kind of came up with my own thing. Um, but uh, and uh, yeah, so and my uh, youngest daughter dressed up as the captain, uh, the captain of the ship. Um, can I share my screen? Yeah. Um, so, and, uh, I dressed up as kind of like my own thing as far as like, a, um, a smuggler kind of guy, uh, had a, a, a jacket on and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, there you go. And, um, yeah, so you basically, you go in, you get a hotel room. Um, it's, it's basically a, a cabin on the ship and this, the, there's, there's only 100 cabins on the, in the entire hotel on the ship. So you're not you're talking less than 500 people um, total. So when you walk in, it's this grand atrium. Um, they've got a little lounge off the atrium. The bridge is right there. Um, and it, there's a whole thing that happens with your app and a whole story that occurs. You get to know all of the characters. Um, and the next day you. Uh, essentially have a shore leave at uh batu which is um in hollywood studios in disney world you guys uh, there's one in uh, i forget you guys are up in up north <laughs> but um and you kind of board a little shuttle and you, you kind of you don't see anything and it's uh, for all intents and purposes you're inside this shuttle and the shuttle exits and now you're at uh, batu in hollywood studios which you know you could leave that and go into hollywood studios but we didn't um, and you get to ride both of the rides at Hollywood Studios, which is the Millennium Falcon ride yeah. and uh, Rise of Resistance. Rise of Resistance, which I have yet to, ch uh, to check out because it wasn't open uh, when this, I visited Galaxy's Edge. But This was my first time riding it myself. Um, oh, and wow. You get, you get a fast pass for free because, you, you know, you're you're part of that whole thing. You get a little, uh, a wow. little badge that tells you that you're on the Halcyon Cruiser. And so, like, there's an area that you exit into, which is right there in in the uh, Galactic Edge part. So you never even see, we never even saw Hollywood Studios, not wow. once. Wow. It, it was awesome. And uh, so <laughs> we went around with the app. Um, we went and we made, we had lightsabers <laughs> made. Um, we did that whole experience, which anybody can do. That's not part of the um, the hotel. But um, but while you're down there. You're, you've got this app and there are characters that you've met on the thing and they're asking you to do stuff down on 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 the stuff. Like, for instance, one of the guys, no spoilers or anything, but we were, we're instructed to help him steal one of the echelons, first order echelon uh, cruisers for a mission that we're going to do later on. So we're down there in the app and we're getting all close to the thing and, you know, stormtroopers are walking by and, you know, there it's, it's just a game. It's just pretend and fun. But. I was into it. My wife was into it. My girls were into it. So I, cool. For 48 hours, awesome. I got to play in the Star Wars world. I, dude, I cannot wait to do it again. Um, I don't I'm have to care. join you next time, Kenny. It, it could be the same <laughs> story. I don't care. I had so much fun. So my my uh, my alter ego was Kendo Set. I'm captain of the Chesapeake. I, I hail from the Mid-Atlantean uh, regions. <laughs> Did you choose that? Yeah, I just made that shit up. And uh, so I went into the bar and uh, we had some time to kill. So we went to the lounge and um, I ordered myself a drink and uh, my everybody, my, my girls got drinks. Everybody got, you know, they were drinking non-alcoholic drinks, obviously. Of course. And um, they ordered something called like Ragnar's Poison or something. And she's like, are you sure you want to feed? It's like, this is my crew. I, I introduced them as my crew instead of my family. 
And I introduced myself as Kendo. And for the rest of the trip, like they were telling everybody that my name, all of the all of the bartenders called me Kendo, like to the point like everybody called me Kendo. And I I just I it, it was uh, I I literally cried three times. The first mm-hmm. time the first time I walked into the atrium as soon as we get into the place. And I'm a huge Star Wars wow. fanboy, just FYI. But uh, yes. I'm, I'm holding back tears. This guy comes over with a data pad and he's like, hey, guys, what's your last name? Let me get you checked in. Let me take you to your cabin. He takes us to the cabin. He shows us how to wow. work the 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 cabin window, which is basically looking out the outside of the ship. And you see ships and all kinds of crap happening. He's like, you can turn this off because it's super bright. Uh, when you know when you're sleeping and whatever and i'm literally holding back i mean have you ever seen a grown man like just like want to just I, ugly cry I, I, I know what you mean i went to star wars <laughs> celebration in 2017 oh god and saw john williams perform the theme just right in front of my very eyes oh, and dude. instant <laughs> instant ugly cry dude. i mean i, I, I felt like was... that i felt like that at harry potter like okay, I, yeah. I know exactly like and I love I love Star Wars but I think Harry Potter than Star Wars but like yes. I literally walked in and I was like oh my god th- this is it so like I totally get what you're talking about and it's it's okay to let the emotion come out <laughs> well I, I I was able to hold like I could tell that he could tell that yeah. like you know so he's like he's briefly going through everything it's like he's like okay I'm going to go and he leaves the room. And as soon as he does, dude, I let it out like my fucking cat just cried. I, I yeah. was. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, Love it. So when we're on the topic of uh, uh, ugly cries due to something geeky, I know General Zod's got something. Morgan, you talk about Harry Potter. I mentioned it when I saw John Williams <laughs> perform the Star Wars Orchestra, uh, you know, the, the, the theme from Star Wars. General Zod, I know you got a crying story. Okay, the the one that I have is uh, this is uh, this is quite some time ago, but um, I got two of them, and they they happened within uh, within about a like a year of each other. The first one was, um, and you know, it, it's almost kind of funny to think like looking back because there's been so much better stuff since then. But I remember after I left X Men two. I thought that was at the time like almost the perfect superhero movie. I'd never seen anything like that before. All these characters that I love, like X Men One right. was pretty good, but X Men Two is when they really, really upped it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and it's like, and I was like, oh my god, they're actually like, you know, because like you know we've been teased by like you know being like a comic book geek. You know, your whole time, like, uh, you've always been, you were always teased with, like, all these great ideas about, like, superheroes. And I remember, like, Wizard Magazine used to do these, like, uh, fantasy casting for, like... Right, uh, right, I remember that. For, like, superhero movies, like, back in the 90s. Now, like, I secretly couldn't imagine them ever happening. And then X-Men came out. And X-Men was good. It was, you know... it wasn't bad. It was it was good. It was exciting. I was super excited to see it. And it was it was fun. And like, I really enjoyed it. But then when X-Men 2 came out and I finally saw that, I was like, oh, my God, they got it right. And of course, like and then right after that is when Spider-Man 2 came out. And that was even better. (laughs) And like, uh because those McGuire, were Maguire, Garfield, or Holland, though. Oh, that was uh, Maguire. That was the one okay. with Doctor Octopus. <laughs> there's been a Spider-Man two 
for all three of those Spider-Men. Yeah, the one with Doctor Octopus with Tobey okay. Maguire. You were in tears from that one as well. Yeah, yeah, because that yeah. was like it was pretty much like watching like uh you know all this stuff that I'd been just obsessed with since a kid since I was a kid put on screen and put on screen correctly, nice. <laughs> which is which is yes. uh, yeah. But Kenny, yeah, talk about an experience, man. Um, I mean, there's a lot of like immersive experiences out there. In fact, I'm checking out the Stranger Things one uh, this Saturday in Brooklyn, New York, before it uh, ends. Um, King of the 80s, Chachi McFly, myself, are going to check it out. Um, but I think uh, your experience, Kenny, really takes the cake for anything in the fandom because you are doing it pretty much 24 hours for however yeah. long you choose to stay at the hotel, right? Well, no, it's a thing like you like you can't you can leave, but you, it's a process to leave. Like you have like I can't like go down to my car. I mean, I can. I, they're not I'm not trapped there, but okay. there, there's no windows. There's no getting out of the place easily. You have to go to a person and say, I need to leave. And then so they it's go like it's like being in a casino <laughs> where like you can't you don't know what time it is. It won't do it. Yeah, there's there's no there's no windows or anything like that. I, I tell you what, we woke up the, uh, the 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 next morning, the morning we had shore leave at Nonbatu, which was the the last day because it's only two nights. It's the day you arrive, and um and my wife wakes me up. She's like, Kenny, get up. It's seven thirty. And we had appointments over there. We had to go make a lightsaber at like 825. And like oh, wow. know, two girls I had to feed. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, we, we got to get up. And the reason was is because it was like a dark, cold tomb because there's no windows. You know, once you turn the little screen off that pretends it's an, an actual window, there is no actual window. So but um, it didn't feel that way. It, it, it I've been on real cruises before. And my my wife and I were speaking as we were leaving and we were like, I felt like I went somewhere, you yeah. know, I we didn't. And, and I've been to Galaxy's Edge a ton, you know, I know right. it like the back of my hand. Um, but we did feel like we went somewhere because it's it's just epic. And you get to know wow, the crew because cool. they're part of the act. And in the last day, there's this big cinematic finale and all these things that you have done, like and experienced like play into this and it's it it's a theme park in that hey we're here let's do the things okay you did it now you get to do it now you get to do it now you get to do it but it doesn't feel that way it feels very personal you know like like you you had your own like you were the one who helped steal that thing and not not anybody and i thought everybody else also did that but i tell you yeah. what i bet you i experienced maybe 60 percent of it there's wow. there's rooms I didn't even get. Wow. To. Wow. What did yep. your uh your 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 resting quarters look like? Uh, I guess the your hotel they were larger place. than I thought. Yeah. Um, so that, was we had everything in themed inside as well. Oh God, yeah. Oh dude. Um. So hold on. I up. just looked at the website. I'm like trying to save up and plan to go. Right. <laughs> so first of all, I I took a hand towel. It's a little white hand towel. So the Chandrella. Uh, can you guys see that? Yeah. This is yeah. a complimentary. It comes with it. This is the Shandrella Starline symbol. It's uh, the thing here. CSL. You see that everywhere. That's this little symbol is stitched everywhere on the on the, um, on, you know, just like you would expect on a Royal Caribbean or any anything like that. I mean, it is to the T. It's everywhere. And it stays like, the whole thing. There's a little phone there with a little droid 
person that you can speak to that gets captured later and you're kind of like no where did the droid person go but inside you've got these like face masks and they're all themed like chandrella starline and all that crap and of course i i got the chandrella starline official glass drink which has got the chandrella starline symbol on the bottom and <laughs> yeah, it's in it, the cabin is it's fantastic. I'm looking at the cabin now. Holy yeah, smokes, geez. so cool! Yeah, bunk beds in the uh for the two kids. My wife and I were on the queen bed, and um, there was a TV, and it's got like a a facade over top of it, so you can't tell it's like a Samsung. But you know, when you turn it on, it says Samsung. But uh, but but once it comes on, it's got this nice GUI that's got all the options for what you can do, and it's got a map of the ship and um your your itinerary things like that your itinerary on your phone like the whole experience is done through your phone so i had to actually take two old phones and get them set up with my daughters in order for them to have their own personal experiences um but it's badass dude because like some something will happen on the i am like you'll you'll pick up a new mission and then it'll put that in the itinerary later like we like that whole thing about stealing the shuttle we actually had to go to the bridge later on and like that that thing got scheduled for us and they went over and they scanned it and only like 25 people were on the bridge to to do that part of the stealing and then later on we saw that the bridge was locked and we looked in there and like oh that group's now doing what we just did and but they do it so well you kind of don't you know you, you just look the other way you know it's 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 okay that is so amazing kenny of course you can just google uh star wars galactic star cruiser adventure it's a two-night immersive adventure is now open. Uh, it's on the Disney official website. And uh, wow, Kenny, thank you so much for sharing uh, that with us. Yeah, man. That, that's so cool. So uh, speaking of Star Wars, why, why, why not start with Star Wars discussion? Because there's a couple things uh, that I have Star Wars related. Um, but yes, of course, you want to hear our theme song, right? Okay, so here we go. <laughs> it is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. That's right. Everything going on in the world of entertainment, number one on my list is Star Wars, of course. Uh, wow. So uh, John Boyega gives a very, very interesting interview recently, guys. Uh, he said he's pretty much done with Star Wars. Uh, I don't know if he got soured um, because of certain toxic fans which of course yes there are toxic fans in, in our star wars fandom but he said on an xm a serious xm um show with john fuselang he said at this point i'm cool off it i'm good off it i think finn is a good confirmation point where you can just enjoy him in other things the games the animation but i feel like episode seven and nine was good for me wow mm. Um, so he, he also discussed his, uh, experience facing racism. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, he talked about Moses, uh, Ingram, um, who, you know, was, um, the, one of the Sith, uh, inquisitors in, um, Obi-Wan. And he said, Moses Ingram being protected makes me feel protected. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? It makes me feel like, okay, cool. I'm not the elephant in the room. Uh, because when I started, it really wasn't a conversation you would bring up. So basically, he said that he had to be pretty silent about it. Um, 
And, uh, you know, now, of course, Disney will defend Moses. Even Obi-Wan himself, even McGregor, uh, would, would defend Moses. So, um, you know, he feels that even though she was protected, he was in a much different different situation than, than Moses, um, where he had to pretty much uh, not speak about it, you know. But uh, I think a lot of these things need to be discussed, you know. Um, but, um, you know what, I'm, I'm, I, I really hope it's not the end of Finn, because I do want to see more of their story. Uh, I can see Finn and Ray doing um, – a Star Wars limited series. I don't see them doing another movie, but I, I do see them doing another series uh, within that timeline. And I would like to see that. I really hope episode nine isn't the end of that particular timeline. You know, I don't know if anybody agrees. Um, you know, obviously a lot of people are mm. lauding the Mandalorian and, and that specific timeline. You know, it's, I don't know. It's hard with Star Wars. It's, I don't, I don't think that the, uh, what do you do after after nine like what's left to do you know like the skywalker saga is over you know you can't harken back to five six and or four five and six anymore Mm -hmm. you know it's it's you need somebody with something fresh kylo ren is is yeah Mm -hmm. there's also like one thing i can i can say like you know star wars seems to fall into like two separate kinds of stories and that's either these gigantic high scale high scale like almost pseudo religious save the universe type stories or these you know more grounded Mm -hmm. um almost like crime stories and Mm -hmm. i'm sorry personal yeah the more grounded personal crime stories and i don't know like i always i used to love like all the jedi like save the universe type stuff but i actually like the personal grounded crime stories more that's what like the mandalorian is that's what um um the book of boba fett Fett, that's what um um the did you guys see the uh, ander they released like a minute of ander yes today i think Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw the the the, the final trailer. No, this is like a, this is straight up just a minute of dialogue between. Holy smokes! I did miss that. Yeah. Um. It's it speaks directly to what what you're talking about. Yes, I actually have a news bit on yeah. that. Um, his name is uh, Gilroy. Gilroy is the uh, I guess the showrunner. Uh, Tony Gilroy, uh, the showrunner of Andor. He said that he wanted to do uh, his story about real people. Um, and, um, he, you know, of course they talk about like the Skywalkers being like the royal family in essence. Right. But there's a billion other beings in the galaxies. There's plumbers and cosmeticians. That's actually, that's actually really fascinating. That's actually something that they Mm -hmm. don't do in a lot of these like stories. Exactly. Like sort of like man on the street, like, like they should do that. Yeah. That, that should be really cool to show up like. Like ordinary life or ordinary people is that's life. That's exactly what you're going to see in Andor. Uh, it's a 12 episode. Cool. So is it season. like an anthology? I, I I know they're doing two seasons, and I think uh, they've already greenlit the second season. I don't know if they're going to do a third, but I, I believe that that's going to be it because it's going to tie directly into Rogue One at the end okay. of the second season. Yeah, but I think they already mapped it out, which is good. So you know you're going to get story that's planned and well in advance not like the sequel trilogy which is all over the place you know um and again 
you know, it's um, it's it's all about Cash and Andor, you know, and uh, and uh, basically um, his story. Uh, they call it a very Dickinson-like uh, in detail, intertwining lives of everyday people as they orbit around the formation of the Rebel Alliance. That's hey, cool. So there you go. I'm actually really excited to hear that. That's yeah. Uh, so, can I ask yeah. you guys a question? Um, of all the different like eras of Star Wars, I mean, is it just me or does like every Star Wars fan just secretly absolutely love the Rebellion era? Yeah. I mean, is there any, is there a Star Wars fan that's really like, oh, the Clone Wars era, which is great. I mean, don't get me wrong, love the Clone Wars well, era. I mean, but there's a lot, a lot of people. I mean, the there's Clone younger Wars fans TV. too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Younger fans, yeah, they 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 particularly like the prequels and. You know the Clone Wars uh, timeline, but yeah, obviously the Rebellion, yeah. Dude, I uh, just had such a like soft spot for for the Rebellion era. Yeah, that's why I know you'll you'll have your you'll be actually waiting this this Andor series for sure. Well, I guess so. uh, that's why. Well, I mean, would you consider Obi Wan the show like part of the Rebellion era or the prequel yeah. era? I would call it. I would I would call it Rebellion era. Yeah, I guess because it's the happening, is, you know, the Empire's yeah. in full force, um, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, well, you mentioned uh, Harry Potter, Morgan. Um, I already got my tickets because my nephew is a super huge uh, Harry Potter fan. There's going to be a Harry Potter Forbidden Forest experience created by Warner Brothers. It's going to be in Leesburg, Virginia, for those in the DMV and for those in. The Westchester, New York area, it's going to be up there as well. Visitors will walk a trail through the mysterious and magical Forbidden Forest with interactive moments, light shows, and theatrical illusions. So this is a night, nighttime outdoor experience. And, of course, uh, there's also food, um, wood-smoked fire and drinks. Uh, of course, there's a merch shop. you got to make some money, right? Um, but yeah, yeah. And at the end of the trail, visitors will be greeted with an enchanting village. Um, so uh, looking forward to that one. I just think, yeah, these like, immersive experiences are so cool. Um, Kenny, of course, the the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser, uh, Star Cruiser takes the cake. But uh, I'm looking forward to the Stranger Things experience. Um, our buddy uh, Artie Hall, uh, we went to during his... Uh, Bachelor Party, a Walking Dead immersive experience, which is a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I remember also recently going to an Army of the Dead uh, experience too. So yeah, very very cool. I, I really like uh, what you know. A lot of our favorite fandoms are just turning into these worlds that we can actually visit. You know, so it's super cool. Morgan, you gonna be checking out this Harry Potter? Yes. Form? Yes. Many people are like, when are we going? And I'm like. I can't go with all of you, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, go with us. Go with the fam, you know. Um, no, so. I'm trying to figure out when we're going to go. Yeah. Um, there was something in Philly, like. Um, yes, Philly, actually, the Franklin Institute, there's a yeah. Harry Potter exhibit as well. I yeah, so. I saw that. I went to that. My son was so excited to see that. Oh, cool. Was it yeah. good? Was it? It was good. It was mostly, it was mostly, it was like. Uh, being in a museum and seeing memorabilia from each of the movies. Okay. Yeah, I think it's. I like that. That's good stuff too. Yeah, it was. I mean, like, I gotta be honest. I have to. I, I haven't seen all of the Harry Potter, so I don't really know. Like, I'm. I'm a little bit. 
in all of my uh, in all of my fan- different fandoms, Harry Potter is the one I'm kind of most behind on. So I read the I read the first book and uh, there's still been, time. Yeah, I know there is yeah. HBO Max. They're so good. The books, I've only seen seven of the eight movies, but uh, I've read all seven books. I've read them all. Seen. Them Why all. did one movie elude you, Kenny? It it uh well um uh you know I love both of them I love both the movies and the books but um the seventh movie the first part of the, having just I, I for me I read a, I read the book then I watched the movie read the book wow. watched okay. the movie read the book watched the movie and as the movies got lo- later in number they started kind right. of separating which is fine I accepted it for what it was but the seventh movie the seventh book movie adaption into the two parts um it was killing me uh <laughs> and, and i just never got to the second part but um, okay. i have them I, i've got them on 4k I, I plan to watch them soon but um because okay. my wife's only seen them once so okay well there you go yeah i'm I'm, watch, I'm re-watching it with my nephew so it's a it's a great uh, bonding experience but one of those movies are pg-13 and yes. my sister won't let him watch the pg-13 one so we're gonna have to wait a little while i mean how, how old is he he just turned seven yeah, oh, birthday recently yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're kind of scary. There's a lot of death and like. Yeah, that. it's the fourth one's like when you start killing people. So. Yeah, that's the one I that's mean, about PG-13. Yeah. I saw the first half of the, so I guess it was the eighth, the seventh movie. So it was the first half half of the last book. I remember winning tickets to see that at IMAX. I took my mom and I went because my mom's a librarian. She read them all with me when they came out, and I just remember being like. How am I supposed to go to sleep after this? Like, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, so that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so let's move into the box office. So uh, I haven't talked about the box office, but the numbers have been pretty low overall because there hasn't been a, yeah. a real blockbuster in a while. Uh, the number one movie is Dragon Ball Superhero. Uh <laughs> I mean, if an anime is the number one movie in America, you know, there's nothing big out right now, right? So, so, uh, second place is Idris Elba's Beast. Um, Didn't rake up too much. A so-so 11.6 million uh, from the weekend box office. Um, And uh, interestingly enough, on on Beast, uh, Idris's daughter actually auditioned, and apparently Idris... Didn't think she was the right fit. I mean, did not pull the, uh, you know, the uh, what, what? What's the nepotism. term I'm looking for? Nepotism. Nepotism card, right? Did not pull the nepotism card. She was so angry at Aegis that she did not talk to him for three weeks <laughs> because Aegis <laughs> said that the chemistry that she had uh, wasn't right for the film, uh, which is very interesting. Yeah. Um. And of course, uh, Bull Train, third place. And can you believe Top Gun Maverick still in the top yes. five of the box office? I believe it. Unbelievable how long that film has been. Uh, I mean, it's already made. Um, Have you guys seen it? Isn't that good? Million. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it has to be seen yeah. in the theater. It has to be seen in the theater. Just one of those movies because it's just. You kind of. You're kind of taking on that ride, you know, uh, in, in those uh, in those Navy jets, you know, um, and of course uh, globally uh, over one billion, right? So uh, 
pretty awesome. And then number five, DC League of Super Pets. So there you go. Um, upcoming movies include Sony's eerie thriller, The Invitation. Also, George Miller's Dark Fantasy, 3,000 Years of Longing, and John Boyega's Heist Drama, Breaking. We just talked about John a second ago. Um, they're not uh, poised to make a splash at the box office at all. Um, uh, probably The Invitation will probably be the one. Um, uh, there's also another film that's not very, more of an art house film, uh, but it stars Allison Brie, uh, who's awesome, Aubrey Plaza, who I love. Molly Shannon, Fred Armisen, <laughs> Ryan. Uh, that movie is called Spin Me Round. Um, so uh, it's from the same uh, team that did <clears throat> Little Hours, Horse Girl, and Joshi. Uh, so it's their fourth indie collaboration as co-writers that Allison Brie um, collabed with Jeff Pina for. So um, that that comes out too. Uh, so that's that should be pretty cool. Um, that won't. I won't be top of the box office, but it uh, could still be a very cool film. Um, a couple of trailers just got dropped. Uh, very cool film called Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. This is um, a psychological thriller, and it follows a teenage girl who flees a mental institution in the streets of New Orleans. And Kate Hudson is a single mother trying to make ends meet, takes her under her wing, and finds out that she has supernatural abilities. And wants to kind of use those supernatural abilities to make her some money. Um, that's pretty crazy. Pretty much pipping her out in a different way, I guess. <laughs> her, her superpowers. <laughs> um, also, major sequels coming up, guys. Um, as you know, we're going to get four more Avatar movies. But uh, they're actually going to, um, because so many years have passed since the first Avatar, a lot of us have forgotten, they're bringing the original Avatar movie in theaters in September uh, in 4K. Wow. Uh, and uh, I think that's a smart move because we're not going to see Avatar Way of the Water until December 16th. So yeah, That's a be- really smart move because I don't yeah. remember anything from that anything. movie at anything. all. <laughs> yeah, me either. Um, right. Um, can you believe Avatar still the top grossing film of all time? Two point eight four billion. Really? Um, yeah, it's still the top top movie. Uh, Avatar does have a really really awesome ride, a, like section in um, Animal Kingdom at yeah, Disney. Pandora. Yes. Yeah, that is really wow. really well done. Flight of Passage has got to yeah. be one of the best rides. That is the to this day. I've been on it like ten times, and it and it's it still gets me. I love that ride. Yeah. I've I've always eluded the Animal Kingdom. Um, I've I've been to the other parks, but next time, next time. Um, also, the Halloween ends. Uh, this is the third film in the uh, the newer Halloween films that came out with Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, it's actually gonna. I I thought they were only doing this for the pandemic, but they're actually gonna drop the movie not only in theaters, but also on Peacock. So um, surprising move, but I guess they found it kind of worked, you know, for the last film. And a lot of people, you know, they said that some people want to go to the theater, scream their guts out. Other people want to uh, stay at home and scream their guts out at home. <laughs> uh, so uh, they figured that particular movie would probably be best uh, to be released also on Peacock uh, in the theaters. And, uh, 
um jurassic world dominion also will be on peacock starting september 2nd so uh i just got that on 4k it just came today yeah i haven't haven't seen it yet you haven't seen it yet okay so they're they're actually going to have an extended version of the film with an alternate ending which i think is pretty cool shit yeah an additional yeah additional 14 (laughs) minutes yeah (laughs) it's gonna be on peacock though so uh uh, that's something worth checking out. Um, wow, lots of sequel news, man. I got a ton. Um, Matt Reeves will be uh, teaming up with Mattson Tomlin uh, to write Batman 2, or The Batman 2, uh, follow-up to Reeves' well-received uh, Robert Pattinson, uh, Robert Battinson, Kate Crusader. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, of course, um, they haven't really revealed too much, although expect barry keegan to return yeah. as joker which was teased in that you know edited scene that uh, it would be it would be pretty interesting though if he had like more of a supporting role and then you know because presumably they're gonna make uh the the battinson movies uh a trilogy and then right. have the joker be the main villain for the the third one right yeah yeah because i mean if you think of the top batman villain you think of the joker you're like well yeah the joker the joker is the number one batman villain he always will be always will be yeah he has there's a there's a ton of cool villains they could use and like in in the batman they had the penguin as a uh more of a more of a supporting role and yeah although i guess uh, are they still making a penguin tv they are that's still in development they're gonna do okay Although they've been, you know, canceling a lot of stuff like Batgirl, you know, uh, left and right. But uh, Which, we'll get uh, that's like mind boggling what they did to <laughs> Batgirl. <laughs> it's it, it really pisses me off, actually, quite frankly. I mean, this is Leslie Grace, you know, as the first you know, person of color to portray mm-hmm. Batgirl. And just to have just the rug swept under them, you know, they're in the, yeah. editing, the editing process of this film. And they're like, oh, we want to go in a different direction and just, you know. Oh, it's just heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, man. Um, other sequel news. This is more of a reboot quill. Um, it's called Sam and Victor's Day Off. So this is a spin-off from the classic hit film Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and will be a same day adventure as the of the valets who took the nineteen sixty one Ferrari on a joyride. Oh in wow, wow. 1986 That's that is Isn't such that a cool, cool? idea. Yeah. How, how long could they have possibly have had that car, though? Yeah. So, of course, they have to have different actors, but uh, they were unnamed in the original. They're they're played by Richard Edson and Larry Flash Jenkins. I just Jenkins. remember one of them had long hair and like kind of a goatee. Right. Yep. Uh, and uh, sadly, Larry Jenkins passed away in 2019. Um, but what I'm excited about is the the people that know how to do reboots, the guys from Cobra Kai. Yes, uh, uh-huh. they will be producing. Um, Josh, oh, sorry, uh, John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberg, and Josh Held. Um, they're the guys behind Cobra Kai, and you know it's going to be in good hands. You know, because um, you know they did amazing with Cobra Kai, right? And that freaking trailer was amazing. I don't know if anyone caught. The season five trailer of Cobra Kai, but it's oh man, it's it's exciting, man. It's it's amazing how they can still come up with fresh new storylines, uh, you know, to have five seasons of, of this iconic show, you know, it's just pretty freaking cool. Um, 
And uh, the last the sequel news I have is if you're a fan of Community, apparently oh. uh, they have a movie uh, in uh, pre-production, I guess. Um, yeah, six seasons in a movie. That six was, seasons uh, in a movie. Yeah. yeah. Dan Harmon uh, said there's an outline for it. There's a product put together. It's pitched out. I guess that's how real it is. So, uh, I mean, apparently the community fans are, you know, they have a really strong fan base. So um, whether it will be like a direct to Peacock, which could be possible, or it could be a theater release, remains to be seen. But, uh, yeah. Um, well, if they have, if, if Donald Glover's in it, it might be a theater release. If he's right. not, then probably it'd be on Peacock. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Chevy Chase, you know. No, Chevy Chase isn't coming back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase and Dan Harmon like despise each other. Despise each other. Okay. <laughs> that's that's the whole reason why Chevy Chase was kicked off the show. And apparently, like you know, you read all these stories about him being this like know, absolutely right? asshole on set to like everybody. That's surprising to hear. A little bit. Uh, it's surprising to me. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but he is one of those original old you know. school, you know. Oh, you should you should actually like. There's a really really fascinating oral history of like of him in all of these different roles and about how like like apparently like everybody hated him on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, and like you know they had that like celebrity roast of Chevy Chase like in the early 2000s and they couldn't get anyone they, they could get the only person uh that even appeared to it was Lorraine Newman oh, wow. <laughs> from the from the original cast like Steve Martin and Martin Short just left this like like 10 like like 30 second like video and that was it and they would get on the dais and roast Yeah them. you think it'd be easy to roast somebody you don't like right but... Yeah well yeah that's the problem it's too yeah. easy too easy right <laughs> not funny you know yeah but very it, good but point apparently he's like super abrasive and kind of that's what i hear and that's what i hear yeah such the opposite of his uh of his, his characters on vacation yeah mm-hmm. and flash and everything else really <laughs> um all right let's move on to netflix guys uh the most popular movie on Netflix is a film called Purple Hearts, which I'm not really familiar with, but uh, stars uh, Sophia Carson and Nicholas Galazine. Uh, the movie tells the story of Cassie and Luke's uh, who find themselves in a, a situation where they get married purely for financial benefits. Sounds familiar. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, Luke is about to deploy for the Marines and Cassie's a musician and, you know, could use... Um, the benefits from from being married, I guess. Um, but let me guess, they really fall in love at the end. I, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, some rom com. Everybody's watched it. I have. Yeah, it. it's climbed up to the top of one of the most viewed uh, film uh, films on Netflix. You know, um, sits right behind Extraction with Chris Hemsworth and David Harbour. Wow, that's crazy. It must be a really really good rom com, man. I, I guess. I mean, Where I, everybody's I know, bored. <laughs> yeah right netflix yeah but the the knives out sequel glass onion uh will debut on december 23rd um on netflix also select theaters as well um a little bit prior but uh not not a simultaneous release 
Um, Jennifer Lopez has a sci-fi thriller coming out on Netflix. <clears throat> they just attached Simon Liu, Shang-Chi himself, and Sterling K. Brown of This Is Us. Um, and Brad Payton will be directing. I believe he's the guy behind Ant-Man, right? Um, I thought and, Peyton, something, Peyton Reed is the guy. Oh, behind. yeah. Then Brad Payton is completely somebody else. You're right. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but Simi uh, Loop is a villain uh, in this particular film. Um, a drama about an intelligence analyst who gets stranded on a distant planet and must learn to fight inside a military uh, suit in order to survive. Wow. Pretty, pretty awesome. Um, all right, I finally checked out the first episode of The Sandman. I know Zod. I know you probably watched the whole thing, but I, I, just I have not. I've not had the chance to see it yet. Okay. And it's, I can blame that on my wife because she wants to watch it too, and <laughs> you're screwed. Feet, right? And so, like every time we sit down and watch it, it's like 11:30, and she falls asleep, and I'm like. Oh. <laughs> And, like, I'm so tempted to just watch it and pretend I haven't. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's the top, you say that. Of, the top of the English language chart for the third consecutive week, General Zod. Yeah, yeah it's of course it is. From it's everything really, I've read and really well. seen of it so far, it's, it's like almost a, almost it's, a perfect It's a visual feast for the eyes. I highly yeah. recommend it, Kenny. The Sandman is fantastic. Uh, just based on the first episode... Um, it's so um, also very critically reviewed as well. Uh, they just dropped um, an 11th episode, a big surprise episode, too, uh, which is a, a two part animated and live action story called A Dream of a Thousand Cats and Calliope. Oh, um, wow. That's a cool story. Dream of a Thousand Cats. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if it's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's very- a real. Very true to the source material, Zod. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll really like it. And the thing is that Sandman, even though, you know, it it's a number one um, English language um, show right now, it hasn't been renewed for season two yet. And, and Neil Gaiman, the writer of Sandman, says it's a very expensive show, so they really got to get really high numbers for season two uh, to happen. Um, he said, you know let netflix release the money to let us make another season um so there you go um very cool very 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 cool of course we talked about the cobra kai trailer that just dropped um there's a new sensei kim da Un, um played by alicia hannah kim she's from south korea um who's linked to the very origins of cobra kai karate um and you see sensei kim drilling a tori Peyton List in training. And of course, you know, Silver uh, is going to be headed Cobra Kai because, as you know, Sensei Kreese has been uh, locked up, set up, completely just set up. Horrible, horrible situation. Um, is everybody caught up on Cobra Kai? I know Zod and Kenny are fans, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't seen that. We're halfway through four, I think. Okay, okay. Okay, hopefully I didn't spoil something for you, but <laughs> it's, it's, that's that's okay. okay. That's not a high value show for me. Okay. It's a good show. Yeah. That's not what I meant. I mean, I'm just just for like you know right. when you choose shows. That's that's okay. not. Enough. I, I I get that because you have a hierarchy of shows you need to get to, oh, and, yeah. it, and it's nothing it's against 
watch. I still have to go back and watch Miss Marvel, but it's not the top of my list. You know? Yeah, like, us too. I, I skipped it and went to Shield. It's Big Brother like. season right now too, and that's. Oh, that's, you're a Big Brother fan? That's oh, my guilty yeah. pleasure, dude. Oh, dude, man, my wife and I, we're. I mean, I've, I've seen oh, every. Oh wow! I'm a super fan. I'm a I'm a couple uh, episodes behind, but I just watched four episodes today. Oh, dude, it's and, good. And uh, that leftover alliance is. Uh, it's kicking ass right now, um, but I'm behind a couple episodes, so I'm looking forward to seeing what that big twist will entail uh, that they were talking about. Um, two different HOHs and two different sides of the house or something. So yep. you probably yeah. know about that, but uh, we'll be watching that. Yeah, sure. I won't say anything. I, there's an episode tonight I haven't seen it, so. Oh, yeah, of course. There's another one, too. Yeah. And also Netflix Sex, Sex Education has a new cast member, Dan Levy from Schitt's yeah. Creek. Wow. Um, he's gonna be in that show. I actually watched uh, some of uh, season one. It is a is very that good the one show. with Gillian Anderson? Gillian Anderson, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen it. It's funny. It's really good. It's really good. It's produced in, in England, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, very, very, very good show. Um, I can't believe they're yeah they're already up to season four. Um, which is pretty crazy. All right, let's move on to Disney Plus. Uh, we just saw a full-length trailer of Pinocchio, the Robert Zemeckis um, film, which will be going straight to Disney+, Plus, won't be in theaters, and of course, uh, Tom Hanks plays Geppetto, Joseph Gordon-Levitz, the voice of uh, Jiminy Cricket, um, and Cynthia Rigo plays the Blue Fairy. Um, The trailer looks fantastic, I gotta admit. Um, And uh, it's a hybrid of of CG and live-action. Uh, of course, you got to make uh, Pinocchio CG, right? Um, I guess they could have done stop motion animation, but that would probably have been a, lot, a long production process. So, uh, uh, but yeah, it looks really, really good. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, September 8th on Disney Plus, and of course, if you miss Thor: Love and Thunder, it will be hitting Disney Plus on September 8th. Uh, one particular thing that I missed uh, on Star Wars is that Obi Wan Kenobi: A Jedi's Return yeah. is a Making of documentary of the Obi-Wan series will be dropping also on September 8th. So September 8th is a big day for Disney Plus. It's, uh, yeah, their Disney Plus day, I guess. Um, which, uh, in addition, they're also doing Assembled, the making of Thor Love and Thunder as well. Um, and a lot of other cool things coming up as well. Um, but one show that I think we can agree was really cool was She-Hulk. <laughs> on Disney Plus, uh, I was very happy with the first episode. Uh, I think this is what we need. We need uh, more of that uh, comedy. Uh, I mean, I know Marvel likes to to throw a lot, a lot of comedy, but this, I mean, you know, to be fair, yeah. like almost every every Marvel movie comedy and true and, uh, true and and so, but it really really works well with. I mean, She Hulk. Like even in her history, I mean, she's been a serious superhero, but most of the most of her like solo books have been like comedic books where she'll like break the fourth wall, and um, there's still and like she does exactly that in the show. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask so about cool. that because I don't know anything about She-Hulk, and uh, I, I watched the first episode actually this morning, um, just so we nice. could talk about it. And uh, yeah, I was like, man, you're just going to come straight out with a fourth wall break? I mean, who do you think? Yeah, you yeah lady? but that's a, that, there's there's a <laughs> like, lot of precedence for that in the comic. She was so, one of the first people characters who broke the fourth wall. Yes. And, the, and Deadpool, Deadpool, you know, is more well known for doing it, but he actually started that later. 
And, and not the uh, MCU just yet, but yeah, he was one yeah. of the first ones to do too. And Wanda Maximoff did it too, uh, during her series, uh, WandaVision a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, there was there was that works there really well though you know like it's it's different you know yeah. but but yes i i actually uh the, the, to finish that I, I actually looked it up and i was like oh so she does she she's earned the the fourth wall breakage yeah so the reason why and this is this is what uh uh the showrunner uh says is that it's really about cultivating a friendship between jennifer she hulk and the audience this is director uh kat Koro. Um, they talked a lot about that along with Tatiana Maslany and how she could connect to the audience and draw them in. Yeah, and Tatiana, Tatiana Maslany is a super talented actress. Like, oh, I saw her on Broadway. Yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah. She is. I mean, she's <clears throat> she's like, you know, even like, you know, because I think she's probably most famous for what? Orphan Black, where Orphan like she Black, played yeah. all those different characters. Yeah. And um, but she's also like hysterically funny. Like she has this like big like um well improvisational um background. Yeah. And she's like you know I've seen her. Just like Zod. Yeah. Well, I'm almost there. (laughs) The um I've seen her her comedy like her um some like uh, videos of her and like listen to her like when she guests on Comedy Bang Bang and everything and she's really fucking funny too and uh so yeah i mean super talented lovely yeah. very lovely as well and uh mm-hmm. yeah i think she's great i think she's really really great and uh perfect cast for the she hulk you know uh, i like also in the first episode we learned about uh her love of uh steve rogers and captain america and talked about <laughs> his virginity which you know i'm pretty sure him and, and captain carter you know well, uh, he he may so, not have yeah. had the chance to because on the second they, go around though. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. after he went back in time maybe, but right. like he was he about to go on his time. first date with Peggy Carter when but when he uh, went down and got frozen. Okay, yes, that that's very right. very important now, right? Yeah, the, the dance that never happened. The dance yeah. that never happened. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so I mean Jennifer is actually pestering Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Mark Ruffalo, whether or not Cap ever had sex. The question never gets answered thanks to the sudden appearance of an alien spaceship. Uh, and then we see the post credit scene. Sometimes they're say, having a drunken conversation about it. And Bruce finally tells her what happened. Steve Rogers is not a virgin. He lost his virginity to a girl in, the 19, in 1943 on the USO tour. <laughs> 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 That's a good stuff, man. I I like it, man. I really, really like it. Um, also on Disney Plus, uh, they're doing um a King Kong series, but it's not tied into Legendary Entertainment's um film franchise, the MonsterVerse series. Which I I don't know why you would anyone would want to double dip on a franchise that already exists. I well, is King Disney... Kong in the public domain? Like, can anybody that's make? That's probably why. Yeah. You're, okay. That's exactly. Probably what it is. I mean, they already have a TV project with Apple TV, but Disney Plus wants wants some King Kong action. So if anyone, if anything, they should do is Donkey Kong. Oh, Donkey <laughs> Kong! <laughs> Let's do a Donkey Kong series. That would actually be pretty fun doing a Donkey Kong. Right? Doing like playing yes. it totally straight, or would it, uh, would, do you want to play it totally straight, or is like a comedy? 
it had it had did you guys see the sonic movies yeah well i saw the first one i saw the first one i never saw the second one okay um i I watched both of them like actually back to back uh with i have kids so you know it's a thing but um (laughs) yeah anyway um and i was surprisingly did not i even liked both of them i mean like i was i was it, I, I had no expectations, and uh, right. they made a Sonic movie. They made a movie out of a video game. That's what they did. You know, they didn't try too hard. Um, they just kind of they hit all the points. And um, I, if the rest of these video games would kind of take notes from that, I think they, they could make like a Donkey Kong movie. Sure. I mean, you'd have to, like, let go of some things, you know. But, dude, I thought the Sonic movies were fantastic. And the second one, like, I mean, the first one's really a prequel for the second one. Well, it, I mean, I w- I'm not sure I'd call them fantastic, but it's... I mean, for, if, for kids' movies, though, okay, you know? Okay, They're, they're not, not like, horrible. For, for a video game movie. For video game adaptation, they're good. Like, when's the last time you saw any decent video game Exactly. Movie? Tomb Raider. Although we did yeah. have a we did have a conversation about that. That's it, well, that was one of our topics uh, yeah. you know, a while ago. Uh, I, I my favorite one was uh, Street Fighter from the nineties. I thought that was a good ad. Oh god, it's so terrible. <laughs> I liked it though. I liked it. I mean, I'll have I mean, to watch the song. Now when is Chun Li? You know, that's pretty awesome. All right, um, let's start HBO stuff before we take a classic cut break. Uh, we already mentioned Batgirl a little bit, but yes, um, the filmmakers, um, Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fala, do not have any footage of the film at all. So apparently Warner Brothers owns it, so they can't even release it on their own if they wanted. Um, they were actually in the middle of editing the movie when the executives from Warner Brothers told them the film was being shelved. So I wonder, why is Warner Brothers being so punitive against Batgirl? Why did they wait until everything was completed? Mm-hmm. And, Almost uh, completed. They're in the editing process. Uh, they said a strategic change, new management, save some money, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's a completely different direction. They want to get the hashtag release Batgirl trending on social media, uh, just like release the Snyder Cut was very successful. I say let's let's just get this hashtag release Batgirl trend on social media, you know. Uh, but you know, it, they're I don't know they're doing some weird thing things over on HBO Max. They uh, yeah, HBO Max has much worse DC Comics properties on there. Yeah. Like like it has Superman, The Quest for Peace. And... Right, right, exactly. <laughs> they're also removing uh, ep- uh, 200 episodes of Sesame Street from its catalog as well. Oh, wow. Which is very surprising you know hbo was all about uh sesame street what's that like the original ones from like the 60s <laughs> and the new ones i think all oh, of and them. new ones yeah well, like all of the all of the new all of the new newly made sesame street episodes they film they air on hbo and then don't air on pbs for at least a year yeah it takes a little right. bit yeah exactly. so we watch PBS and like the news. It's like New Sesame Street, and yeah, it's been on it's been on HBO already. But we don't watch it there, so yeah. it's all new to us. Mm-hmm. Also, um, other uh, projects not going forward on HBO Max: Batman: The Cape Crusader animated. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was a film or TV series uh, with J.J. Abrams. Um, also, an animated Steve Urkel story and two high-profile Looney Tunes features will not be going forward. Um, but let's talk about something that 
was pretty freaking awesome on HBO, guys. Yes. House of the Dragon um, yes. really lived up to to the feeling that I got when I watched uh, the first season of Game of Thrones, guys. It well, really, it, really it's, did. It's, it really it's did. Really. Very, it almost felt like I was watching another episode of Game of Thrones. There's nothing like yeah. that that's yeah. different about it. There's nothing that differentiates it so far from Game of Thrones. I mean, like, I can... It focuses like, on Targaryens. Well, and yeah, I get, I get that. There's also a different that. time period. Yeah, right. Well, no, I mean, like, I've... I've uh, before... I've, 27 years been, before your grace. There have been, <laughs> there've been quite a few times I've kind of ranted about how in fantasy, in fantasy storylines... Like, you know, hundreds of years can go by and yet nothing in society or technology has changed at all. <laughs> and like, uh, like yeah. they, never, they never evolve at all. And um, <laughs> you figured after 100 years, electricity would have been. Well, like, right? you know, where people would have established things like democracy or <laughs> like, you know, right, monarchies have, have come about what? about. Nice. But and that never happens. But but that's not even like so far. I mean, it 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 feels like you know the way. I mean, the way it's filmed, the like the cinematography, cinematography for it. It feels like, and that's not a bad thing that it's just like Game of Thrones. You gotta give something familiar for the fans. Yeah, and they were successful at doing it. And even the score at the end. I mean, they they brought back. Oh, the yeah. they used, they I was waiting it. for that. I was yeah. Like, did, did, you, did you react in a good way? Yeah. And what and what about the similarities for Princess, um, the the new princess, um, Rhaenys, Rhaenyra, and uh, uh, Daenerys. Well, she's she's supposed to be Daenerys's what grandmother, great grandmother. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, it's it's not the same. Like again, as someone who's read all the books. Uh, it's, you know, I, I know the difference. Like, okay. I'm, yeah. Like, all right. That's I fair. Know that this is way before the whole game of Thrones that we know. Yeah. Because the Targaryens like that, the whole, that shit should be destroyed. Like, right. It probably happens in the series because it happens prior to Aegon and the mad King. This is 127 years before the mad King. <laughs> and the mad the mad king is Aegon's son. Right. right. So right. it's gotta happen. I mean, we're gonna see it happen. That's that's the point of this series. I'm sure it's just gonna build up to that. I mean, I just no, shit. no. Is it is the series gonna this. span? Aegon Aegon is before this. Yeah. No. I thought. No. I thought, Let no me check Aegon check is the book. father of the Let mad. Okay. okay, okay. He's got the okay. source material uh, right in front of us. She's got the material. Us. She's looking it up. All right, okay. Anyway. But I, I, I gotta say, like, uh, having not read the book, like, I can I can kind of see some... Um, and maybe it's... Aegon too, so that's a whole thing. Okay. So, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. right. yeah, so that, yeah. We don't have enough time. Right. <laughs> For for a lot of these, uh, a lot of the characters that they've introduced, and I haven't read the book, so I'm not as familiar with the characters, but they almost seem like like um, what's it, Colt, Col- uh, the the commoner, the commoner knight, what's his name, um, the one who beats um, Damon, yeah. the one who beats Damon in the joust. In the joust, yes. Oh, I forgot um, the character's name. 
Yeah. Braun? No, no, no. Um, it started with a C. That's one mm. thing. Oh, like, okay. It, it's going to take a few episodes completely <laughs> know all the characters' names. Right, right. Well, that's the thing and, you said, Morgan, is that Fire and Blood is pretty much like a, an encyclopedia for the Targaryens, right? Yeah, like this book, kind of reads as, as this a, book I've been trying to read for like over a year and a half. Yeah. It is not, like I read all <laughs> four or five of the Game of Thrones books, which didn't even end, by the way. We're still waiting for the last book. Yes. And that reads the... like a story. Like, I love to read. So, like, it has description. It has characters and a plot. This is literally like, uh, and the year, blah, 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 Aegon gave birth to so-and-so. And then it's like, that's <laughs> literally, like, it is, it's, it's like really hard to get through. Like it's let's, like an encyclopedia. It's like yeah, uh, reading a like a like textbook. I'm on page one sixty nine of like seven hundred and like this it's like, like the Silmarillion. Even <laughs> going on like for years. Yeah. Giving birth, Morgan. What did you think about that scene? Oh, I had to look away. Like I, I mean, I remember. I mean, we've talked about this. I don't do well with horror or scary. And my uh, dreams that night were about dragons and all kinds of, of all kinds of things. But that was, I mean, that's what that's what that's what HBO does, and that's what anything with Game of Thrones. I'm sure when we see Jon Snow's mm -hmm. um, story, it's it's a lot of sex, a lot of blood, a lot of violence. Everything a Game but of Thrones fan. They do, but they do, but the the scenery and the and like putting you in that whole like you 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 actually believe it. Like they do everything very well from the sets to the costumes to the people. I mean, I will say the one thing I really liked about uh, this new show, um, I kept looking over to my friends and I was like, look people of color with uh with the That's white right i was like so the targaryens can be us thank you <laughs> now you can cosplay i was like hello Please, apparently black twitter was going nuts for what's his name with his white not, dreadlocks not, not, the white dreadlocks right <laughs> people were tweeting they were like who did those in westeros they were yeah. like he probably had to do them That's and stuff. I was lord like, corliss valerian yeah i was like i can't like Twitter is, is wild, I'm telling you. Anyway, Man. I thought it was good. Powerful first episode. Again, the birth yes. scene, uh, which sadly uh, resulted in the death of uh, yeah. both the yeah. queen and the child. Um, and, of mm -hmm. course, uh, what Game of Thrones episode would be complete? And, of course, it follows with House of Dragon. We have a good whorehouse, pleasure house, whatever you call it, brothel scene uh, with... Aegon having a, a party in a brothel, right? Aegon being Damon. Damon, thank you, thank you. Damon making an announcement at a pleasure house, and this couple having sex doggy style, both look <laughs> both look behind. Yeah. It was wild in the old days. <laughs> I was just losing. 
<laughs> I lost my mind, guys. So, so is Damon is Damon supposed to be a hero or a villain in the story? I mean, what do you think this did? You the setup? What do we think that setup is leading wow. to? Yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to tell if he's like he going to be this like lovable rogue like Tyrion oh. Lannister, or if he's, he's going to be like Daenerys. Like, I'm gonna tell you no. I think it's gonna be like Daenerys. Okay. I mean. We got the whole setup. Like he acts like he loves his niece, which he probably does. But then if his niece is 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 the next it's gonna be, throne, yeah. that's gonna be trouble. Mm-hmm. He wants that Iron Throne, doesn't he? I did get that to that part in Yeah, story. and I guess I mean right. I guess that's that's shown from that scene where all the gold yes. cloaks go and terrorize the city and like kill all those criminals. Yeah. My boyfriend was watching that after me. Like I'd already seen it, and he was watching it the next day. And he's like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Keep watching," because like at the time you're like, <laughs> "You're like, what are all these people doing?" Like, yes, <laughs> And you're like, "Oh, this was some sort of a like he really shouldn't have. He just kind of took it upon himself to like cast mm. out all these so-called like villains or right." Villains. And they had their minds, the showrunners had their mind on Matt Smith for a long time. They actually kept like pursuing mm-hmm. Matt Smith. They oh. really wanted him for the for this House of the Dragon. And uh, apparently um, Matt Smith was in his car and his agent said, This is a part this is there's a part in the prequel to Game of Thrones. Matt said, Oh, I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Tough one to follow. Haven't we seen this before? And then the offer didn't go away. Then it came up again, and then he went for a screen test, and then that was that. So, uh, and he said, working with Patty Constantine was uh, who, who plays Aegon uh, was was the reason why he. Uh, I mean, he. The reason why he wanted to join. He the he the way that they like that wig or whatever they put on him, like mm-hmm. he looks scary and bad. Right. I. Like when they first showed him, I was like, "Ooh, like they did, they did really good with him." Right. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I can't wait for Sunday episode two. Yeah. Uh, they already showed like uh, kind of a, a highlight of the rest of the season, which tends to get a little spoilery, but uh, um, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, there's this really cool series on HBO that I'm really looking forward to called The Idol. Has anyone seen the? Um, Trailer for this with the weekend, Abel Tesfe and Lily Rose Depp, who is Johnny Depp's daughter. Um, and uh, this is one also in this cast is Anne Hache, uh, who sadly had passed away. Um, she's in this as well. I think it might be her last series, but um, the the trailer is pretty wild. It's it's also from the uh, the team uh, behind Euphoria, so you know it's going to have a lot of really racy. Racy moments, and based on that trailer, wow, it's it's a pretty pretty naughty show, guys. When uh, does that come on? Uh, or is it already out? Yeah, th- it's not out yet. It's not out yet. Um, uh, good question. It's coming out later this year. Yeah, oh, yeah, this was later this year. Yeah, coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. They just had a a whole HBO trailer about things coming out and um coming up in this year and next year and, and included the idol also included the last of us which is pedro pascal's upcoming series with bella Ramsey. it's interesting because both of them were in game of thrones pedro pascal was Oberon Mar- Mar- martel and of course you know pedro pascal is everywhere he's everywhere he's yeah. everywhere 
and also Bella Ramsey was the little bird in Game of Thrones. Um, and they are the post-apocalyptic survivors. Well, that, might be, that might be eventually the best video game adaptation. The Last of Us, out. yeah. Yeah, that might, because that uh, already had, the game itself already had a pretty strong story. So, like... Right. Yeah, it sounds like it's, it, it, yeah. Um, the, it was a very brief, like, um, it was a collage of, of, of upcoming uh, uh, project. It wasn't a full trailer yet. I guess that's coming up, but uh, and if you're a fan of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, they just picked up a 12th season, so you're gonna get more of Cantankerous Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun to watch, and uh, yeah, so uh, looking forward to that as well. So, uh, all right, so that's HBO, and I think this is a good time to take a classic break, and I am gonna leave this one to. Morgan Fab, uh, since it is your birthday celebration, which, by the way, had a great time at the uh, festivities. General Zod, you were you were missed. Uh, I know. I am so sorry. I couldn't make it. I am so sorry. We had some prior plans that I didn't realize until right before, and I am so. But all right, I celebrated on your behalf, Zod, and uh, yeah, yeah. Your 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 invitation made it seem so intriguing that you were having these like special events starting. From- <laughs> I mean, it was it was a long day. Uh, <laughs> we had, we had performances. We had yes. uh, unicorns. There was a uh, blow-up unicorn. Blow up <laughs> Confetti. Um, yeah, the money gun with the real dollars. Yes, yeah, it was a lot of fun, Morgan. I appreciate you uh, uh, having having uh, yours truly as a part of that uh, festivity. Yeah, and happy birthday! So uh, the classic cut will go to. Morgan Fab. So go ahead, Morgan Fab, and introduce the classic cut. Uh, so I believe we are playing Womanizer by Miss Britney Spears, who hate her or love her. This song is catchy. Uh, I love dancing to this. And, you know, it's just one of those fun, upbeat songs. That's right. So here we go. All right. And you would ask for Oops, I Did It Again. And it's like, Morgan, we oh. played that twice already for your birthday. So know, let's pick something new. That's so, my all right, so this is Britney Spears' Womanizer, and we will be back for more BTB. All right, Britney Spears, classic cut, womanizer. You got a particular story about a womanizer that you know, or? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some ex-boyfriend. You <laughs> don't have to go there. <laughs> it's just fun. <laughs> they call them fuck boys nowadays, don't they? <laughs> you said it, not me. With an eye. <laughs> fuck boys. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's fun stuff, guys. All right. Let's uh we got our special guest, Emily Peachy, joining us. Let's try to finish up our Hollywood stuff on Amazon. A Blumhouse psychological thriller called House of Spoils. 
We'll be checking that out. Uh, it stars Ariana DeBose. As you know, she's an Oscar winner from West Side Story. Mm-hmm. She's going to play an ambitious chef who opens her first restaurant, a farm-to-table restaurant on an estate, and apparently battles chaos, an investor, self-doubts, and a powerful spirit in business. Self-doubts. Self-doubts. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> but at the end of that's it, the movie right there. <laughs> but at the end of it, it's a powerful spirit. That's the the worst of it. Oh, of so it's like a supernatural thing. I thought they were, you know, kind of like this is well, coming on the heels of the success of Bear, that show Bear that's on. Yeah. FX, yeah. You know? yeah. One would think that would, uh, but it's a Blumhouse, you know. Project, oh so yeah. You know what Blumhouse uh, <laughs> specializes in for sure. Um, but yeah, that looks really, really good. Um, and uh, all right, well, let's talk about something. And then if you notice the opening promo is an actress that we interviewed earlier this year named Emma Horvath. And she wasn't allowed to talk about her role in Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. But she plays a character a character named Arian. And um, wow, it's pretty cool that we, we actually interviewed an actress from Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and uh, that trailer was phenomenal. They just dropped a, a new trailer where we uh, saw a little, little more characters, a few more characters, um, including Emma Horath, um, Arian's character. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, we saw the High King, Gil Galad, um, Scylla Brimbor, played by Charles Edwards. Um, Largo Brandyfoot, The Stranger, Numenorians, which uh, our boy, uh, the king of the Numenorians, the last Numenorian, Martin Lopez. Uh, he, I know he's really, really excited about this one. Uh, anyone excited about this uh, Lord of the Rings series? Meh. I'm going to watch. You're, you're, you're meh about it, Kenny? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. You're not a Lord of the Rings fan. Okay, that's cool. I mean, I like the movies. I like the, you know, I, I even the extended edition movies. Like they're movies? my favorite. Yeah, they, they're my favorite. Yeah. Interviews. I, I won't. I won't even show them to anybody unless they're the extended editions. But oh, the, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're a fan of the, the films, but you're yeah. not. You're not going to give the series a shot. You don't think? Probably not. No, okay. I've got so much on my plate. I know. Don't we all? General Zod, are you going to be tuning in Lord of the Rings? Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. I want to see yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the trailer just sells it uh, completely. I mean, it's the, the most ambitious and expensive This is, the, this is expensive the first series. one. This is the first um, one that's not really a Tolkien adaptation, though. This is just a... Um, what is it about? I believe it's a base on the appendices, right? Oh, so it's... So they take they take stuff know. from the the Silmarillion, Silmarillion yes. and uh, that's I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I remember I remember trying to read the Silmarillion when I was in like high school and right. like, now I get through it. Get through <laughs> it was, it. Yeah. It's the second age of Middle Earth, an era which great powers were forged, kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin. Yeah, like well, tested. Blah blah blah. Yeah, there's <laughs> another example where like thousands of years have uh, have gone on and nothing has changed in the world. <laughs> right. in yeah, terms. evolution has not occurred. Yeah, no uh, uh, innovation it's, it's, has happened. I can imagine very slow t- for technology and and things to evolve uh, with very limited, you know, 
amenities, right? Uh, but I guess you could, you could also say that might be due to the fact that they had magic, so they didn't need technology. So no You're right. And they good. lived for a long time. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're probably a whole lot more conservative than us humans, which are basically just a fart in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> you right. know, I, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, I read this somewhere where someone had this uh, put into perspective, the difference in lifespans for... Um, elves and humans because elves live thousands of years and humans live at most like a hundred years and you know you think of it this way if an elf child and a human child um <clears throat> you know are born at the same time when that elf that elf probably develops like uh, much slower than the human does so like you know a 10 year old child would probably be the same as what like a 50 or 100 year old elf so Same like, with baby Yoda, right? Yeah. So Yoda species, right? So like you know, you could have this like ten-year-old child who's friends with this fifty or hundred-year elf, and this child has probably known this elf his entire his or her entire life, and you go through the entire like, and the elf is still young enough that you know he or she doesn't have enough like. Um, maturity or mental capacity to really right. know like the um, importance of this human that is his or her friend and you know the elf watches this human grow and grow and grow and get old and eventually die while the elf is still a child <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. and like just doesn't understand why that happens like for the you know and I you know, there's something like kind of about that where you see like um, and that's something I guess they kind of touch up on a little bit in stories where they have like immortal characters. But they don't they don't really do it enough about how it must be like so hard when you're like have such a long life, especially when you're surrounded by pe uh, people who don't. Like, how do you develop like real connections? Because you know, <laughs> you they're right. going to they're going to die. They're just going right. to be fun. There's Mal Sandra had uh, had a method of dealing with people, and she was one of those almost immortal types. I read yeah. a uh, a fantasy series written by a guy named R. A. Salvatore. Um, he read he wrote a character, a Dungeons and Dragons character, very famous called uh, Driss Duarden. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but he's a dark elf. Dark elves live underground, and they're not meant to be on the surface. But this particular <coughs> one comes to the surface, falls in love with a human, and dark elves live for seven, eight hundred years. Of course, humans have our you know regular lifespan, and um, yeah, it was it, that spans many books, and you know he has to watch her go through the whole thing and get old, and yeah. So I guess it, it that that is a theme that's been done. It's just it's just interesting to think about. It's, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, also on Amazon, this is a very very cool uh, premise. It's called The Power. It's this upcoming Amazon series with Tony Collette and Josh Charles, based on a novel of the same name, and it's described as our world that we know, but with one twist of nature, all teenage girls in the world develop the power to electrocute people at will. Okay. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it is so we're talking weird and random. <laughs> millions. Millions of Emperor Palpatines and teenagers <laughs> with the power to electrocute people. 
so only teenage girls and not even like girl. not even all like women. Teenage girls. Thirteen to nineteen. Thirteen to nineteen will have the cover. Sounds like a bad idea. That must be a bummer when they turn (laughs) twenty. I feel bad for all the the boys uh, between thirteen and nineteen. Yeah. (laughs) They They don't don't make it. (laughs) They could possibly have drama with, right? Um, Also, uh, Yellow Jackets, which is very successful on Showtime, is adding. Someone from the Lord of the Rings franchise and Elijah Wood. Um, he'll be a guest star as Walter, a citizen detective who will challenge Christina Ricci's character, Misty, in ways she won't see coming. So something to look forward to. Over on Hulu, we got a show called Reboot, um, which uh, pretty interesting premise that we talked about on the show before. But the trailer, after seeing the trailer, I think it's going to be a hit. It's just basically bringing together three actors that were in a successful show in the past and try to reboot it. And, you know, and it's basically from all of real Hollywood trying to reboot all these shows from the past. Um, (coughs) Same. It's an early 2000 sitcom. They're trying to reboot and getting the original characters back. And it's Johnny Knoxville, Judy Greer and Michael Keegan key. Um, Funny, funny trailer guys. It's definitely worth a look. Um, if you're a fan of Only Murders in the Building, Paul Rudd will Love. be appearing, uh, uh, yes, in uh, season three. Uh, he was in a cameo in season two's finale. Spoiler alert. Um, but, well, I mean, when a character appears, it's really a spoiler. Um, that's okay. That's, is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, over on AMC, uh, Better Call Saul, the most watched episode since... 2017, 2.7 million viewers. Um, and, of course, Bob Odenkirk already on his next project with AMC uh, called Straight Man. Um, mm. Mariel Enos is also joining him for that. And Odenkirk will star as William Henry Devereaux Jr., an English department chairman of an underfunded Pennsylvania college whose unhappiness stems from his relationship with his father, Divided department he's left to fix and the struggles of dealing with a student body and uh, interesting, uh, interesting uh, shows. Very similar to The Chair with uh, Sandra Oh. Um, but uh, I guess, yeah, um, Bob and Kirk not taking any uh, taking any time off between shows. Um, any big uh, Better Call Saul fans in, in the, on the panel? That of course. Yeah. Of course. My boyfriend watches it and I hear it. And see it in the background. It always. What did you think of these? Really movies? interesting, and I'm like, oh, I should have watched this from the beginning. But yeah. well, you, you still can. I mean, it's, uh, so much, it's all there. So much TV. General. Were you, were you, happy, were you yeah. happy with it? With the with the yeah. ending? Yeah. I, I've only I've seen up to the second season. Um, oh, okay. I, I liked it, but uh, I I just I got away from it somehow. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll keep it a little spoiler for you. Were you so much other TV? <laughs> Were you satisfied with the general as the person that's watched the? I I actually really was. The um the ending was a little bit. I I I think a lot of people might see it and might see the ending as being a little too subdued and a little subtle. Right. But but I thought it was actually kind of perfect for the show because it shows. <clears throat> I won't I won't spoil anything, but. I mean, there's a suitably dramatic courtroom scene. I mean, that's not a spoiler to say that, you know, it's going to end with a yeah, dramatic courtroom. It's a lawyer show. 
Yeah. Right. But that's not the, you know, and I thought that was going to be the actual ending, but it wasn't. And um, what happens after that is, uh, like, I thought was actually, like, really poetic in that, like, you know, Saul is now, like, um, has this... Um, you know, is kind of confronted with everything that's happened in his life and everything that he's done and how he chooses to uh, to deal with that, I thought was really, really realistic and really well done. I liked it a lot. Oh, Chachi's here. Oh, wow. <laughs> McFly, you're t- you want to ch- uh, tune into your uh, tune into for some uh, Better hey, Call friends. Saul finale talk. Oh, really? Yeah, Zod's, <laughs> Zod's schooling us in over here. Actually, I was just calling to wish Morgan a happy birthday. Oh, thank you. I miss you. Miss you too. You missed the uh, the celebration. I did. I did. I was out of town. We'll celebrate again. I'm sure it was a good time. <laughs> it was. Thank you. That's yeah. nice of you. Well, since what you're are you on- talking about, Saul. Well, I mean, Zod was the one that's seen uh, the finale. I'm, I guess ki- I'm the only one on the show that's seen the finale. And he's kind of giving a spoiler-free uh, review uh, of it. Um, Zod was Did very, you- very, very happy with it. Yeah, like, Chachi, I'm guessing you've seen it by now, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like what did you what did you think of it? Did you think it was too subdued, or did you think it ended on like a a good note? I think it ended the way it should have ended. Like, um, I know some people are disappointed because they wanted a big shootout, like Breaking like, Bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people wanted a shootout, but it wasn't really that kind of um, character to be in a shootout. So, so I thought it was an amazing show, and people who are fans of Breaking Bad who did not watch Better Call Saul is really, are really missing out. Because nope. I think it was just as well done you know, if not better in some ways. Maybe definitely better character development, uh, maybe better cinematography. I mean, it's definitely a slower burn show. Like, if Yeah, it's a slow it, burn. Yeah, if you're going into it thinking it's going to be um, as quick Breaking as Breaking Bad, Bad was, right. you're going to be disappointed. Um, going into it thinking it's a different kind of show, but, you know, in the same universe. I mean, but just brilliant acting all around in that show. Like, I mean single person on that show was just amazing you know and it was even good seeing carol burnett um this season you know she's definitely a legend uh, i think she's what she's in her mid 80s now i think uh, so yeah gotta be. Been up there yeah yeah oh, it's it really cool to you know they pay such attention to detail in that show and just tie everything into uh, breaking bad mm-hmm. which you know a lot of shows get sloppy i'm not sure yeah, it was a lot to like tie it in, and even this one little throwaway, throwaway line um, in Breaking Bad, where where Saul is first getting, um, he gets he gets captured, um, you know, thrown in a trunk and taken out to the desert, and, and like and put in front of like a, a dug uh, freshly dug grave, and he's like he's like it's like it wasn't me, it was Nacho, um, no, it was, it was I mean, Nacho, it was Nacho, um, Lalo, um, and he said like a couple of throwaway names. And they made those names into huge characters in Better Call Saul when they're just kind of this like different like Hispanic names that they threw out, you know, in Breaking Bad with no intention of ever paying off who these people were. <laughs> so, it's, so it's pretty wow. amazing how they did that and tremendous actors. And I just really hope that a lot of people on that show, um, you know, win some Emmys this season. 
Yeah, it got some Emmy love, some mm-hmm. Emmy nods. So uh, you know, it's the final season. So hopefully, uh, and I yeah, believe the Reese is amazing. Actually, I, still, I think it's eligible for next year because it is. It is. It's yeah. The break. Yeah, because of the break, right? So they. Yeah, Reese Horn was amazing playing his girlfriend Kim, which she was only supposed to be in like a few episodes in season one. That was it. But they like her character so much and the way she portrayed it that she ended up being like you know throughout the whole series. Right. So kind of like kind of kind of how with um, Jesse and Breaking Bad was only supposed to be in one season, and then he ended up being through the whole season. So the writers really don't write the whole entire show. Uh, don't plan the whole entire show out. They kind of like write as they go along per season, you know. And so it's pretty cool how they keep such high quality by doing that. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for uh, chiming in, Chach. Uh, I think we're going to welcome our special guest. Um, right, amazing. Morgan, act- happy birthday. Thank you, Chachi. All right. Have a good one, guys. All right. See ya. See ya, Chachi right, McFly. Bye. That was Chachi McFly, the king of the 80s. All right. So. Today we're welcoming our special guest um, joining us here on Below the Belt Show. Waiting for her uh, to join us here on the the virtual room, the virtual pan- panel, if you will. Um, Emily, are you with us? Really quick, though, uh, while Emily's uh, joining us um, momentarily, also on AMC, which I would highly recommend, is AMC's Tales of the Walking Dead. Um, it's an anthology style. Did that already it started? Start? Three episodes in already, if you have AMC+. Plus, uh, The latest episode focused on a prequel for Alpha, played by Samantha Morton. So some more of her origin stories and how she became the, you know, the complete psychopath villain (laughs) that we saw in Walking Dead. Um, And then we had like a Groundhog Day type episode in episode two uh, with Parker Posey and Jillian Bell. Uh, which is kind of really refreshing to see that kind of style of episode in the Walking Dead universe. And and the first episode was uh, Olivia Munn and Terry Crews. So each uh, episode's a standalone episode, completely self-contained, and it's only six episodes. So um, so far, yeah, three three episodes in, it's been pretty entertaining. So um, and I believe we are welcoming. Is she with us yet? That she's still uh, in process of joining us. Can you hear me? We can there hear you now. We can hear you now. Wow. All right. Woo-hoo. All right. Technical difficulties. I'm so sorry. Oh, we got you. We got you. Okay. It's our special guest of the evening, guys, here on Below the Belt Show. We're happy to have a great friend, but also an amazing actress. Wow. <laughs> she's had so many incredible roles from all different types of genres. From abduction to fault in our stars to paradise lost to uh, uh, so many so many cool projects Tar, which is a horror film, uh, to American Rust on Showtime. Emily Peachy here on BTB below the belt show. Emily, good to have you. Oh my gosh, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. You know, I I was thinking, you know what, I've known Emily for quite a while, but yet. I have yet to have her uh, as a guest on Below the Belt show, and uh, you've been involved. How did we meet? I honestly don't remember how we met. We've known each other forever, but I don't remember <laughs> the exact thing or the exact project. I'm trying to remember myself, and it was probably when you used to do background work. I'm sure that's behind you now. As a, uh, but at one time, it's kind of a rite of passage for many actors to do a lot of background work. You got to do it. 
You got to, right? I knew it, yeah. Let's figure out which background gig it was. It was definitely something. Yeah, and it's fun. <laughs> you know, background work is fun. It is. It's one of those things that you start out with and, you know, and, you, you know, and it's great to say that you're at a point in your career that, you know, you, you won't do background anymore. And then I think that's kind of like that next level of actor where, you know, that you're going to pass on those type of projects. Yeah, yeah. But it's still great. You know, it's still fun. Especially for big yeah. things. I would still do background work on like shows I really loved. And, you know, I really would. Okay. Well, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but <laughs> Emily, just, just keep us posted on, on what's been going on with you. Of course, uh, lots of really cool projects. Um, I'm just going down the list here uh, because we, <laughs> I actually had an Emily Peachy marathon. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I watched a few of your projects. Oh my gosh, I love that. Row. That is so sweet. Oh my gosh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because I wanted to get up to speed on, on, on what you've been doing. And uh, I, I did want to start talk. I did want to uh, start with uh, the fishbowl because I believe uh, Mike the General Zod, my co-host here, he actually watched that film a while ago. I watched it. I watched it yeah. like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, when, when it first came out. Yeah. Are you local to Maryland or? Yeah, to- yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm in the Baltimore area, and I don't remember the exact, uh, the exact context with uh, where I saw it, but I remember really liking it a lot. Like, I loved the cinematography. Like, I didn't, I didn't know who you were at the time, which uh, I'm glad I do. But it's like, you know, it was, I was really, really struck by, like, uh, you know, the cinematography was beautiful like and the and the uh, and the story was like really gripping and i really like this one yeah Yeah. it it was done by a brother and sister duo in you know the baltimore area uh Mm -hmm. alexis and and steven um kenigopoulos and she is just such a brilliant photographer it's like Mm -hmm. her photography is next level she's one of my favorite photographers ever and you know steven's a great uh he wrote the story and you know he did such a great job and they're both so passionate and it was like so many people from the Baltimore area, all these people that I've been working with my entire life. And it was good to all come together on such a special project. It really was. Yeah. It was yeah. so it was a very pleasant surprise to be yeah. on the show. And I was looking through your filmography. I was like, oh, I remember that movie. <laughs> it's like uh But yeah, is there anything that you can bring from Fishbowl, like uh from your actual experience with religion or uh were did you have to go through anything similar or can you relate to your particular character? You know, of, I, haven't, Rachel? I haven't, you know, gone through anything, you know, on the religious side, uh, anywhere near Rachel, but you know, my nature is very much to keep everybody in line. And like, I'm very much Rachel in that way. So, uh, yeah, so I could definitely relate to that, uh, you know, when Belle's sneaking out and I'm not about it. Like that was, that was me. <laughs> and I, was pretty much. I was like, guys, oh, she's yeah. amazing. <laughs> So yeah, you were the girl that defied the rules, right? Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was it was a lot of fun to uh, you know be to be Rachel and to step into that character. And I'm an only child, so I don't have I don't have siblings. And we actually became basically a family on set. Like they really were like my sisters, and uh, that was that was fun too to step into that. Yeah, you worked with Caroline Coleman and Belle Shaquille. Um, I'm pronouncing your last name. Um, she, yeah, she's so yeah. she's the best. Uh, three of you are, are the sisters that have to deal with uh, your father, a very eccentric character who feels uh, that the rapture is coming, the end of the world, yeah. um, and <laughs> was being preached by uh, 
uh, I guess, a, a fraud preacher uh, by the name, uh, played by uh, Bobby Brown, who's an amazing actor, uh, local here in the DMV. Um, yeah. Uh, and and Rick, Rick, fantastic, fantastic. Rick is so work. good. Rick should win an Oscar for that, in my opinion. <laughs> well, he should win an Oscar for something. He is just so talented. He really is. Right. Fantastic, fantastic job. I was really, really uh, just amazing. You know, this was shot in the DMV. Most of the actors are based in the DMV or yeah. you know have ties to the DMV, which I think is great. Like uh, Mackenzie Aston, who's you know, yeah. kind of a legendary actor has been working a lot, and Delaney Williams from The Wire, and, and then um, George Lucanos, he produced it, and he I, you know, was yeah, so he was you know, he mm-hmm. did The Wire, and he did The Deuce, and all that good stuff. So it was it was cool, and it was it really was like bringing the whole family, the DMV, you know, acting community back together. It was really cool people that I hadn't seen since like Rocket Science, that which filmed you know when I was like in middle school or something. So it was cool. Very cool. And you did another uh, DC-based project um, called Love.com. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that uh, experience. Uh, ch- I checked it out on Tubi TV today. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you look, <laughs> I love I the love glasses look. You had that glasses look. You're, I guess, some kind of like financial advisor of sorts. Yes, it's just yes. so me to the core, just financial advisor. Um, yes, but it was such a fun <laughs> project to be a part of. It was really cool. I actually um, met the people who did that on Fishbowl, which was cool. So it was like one of those projects that kind of like bled into another another one. And it was a lot of people from also The Wire. So it was really cool um, to be a part of. And yeah, one of the people who played one of my sister's boyfriends in Fishbowl actually was in that movie, too. So uh, that's cool um, to see him. And it was it was fun. It was such a good project. It was really a lot of fun. Uh, wait, are we talking about Brandon Thing Wilson? Not Brandon. No, okay. Brandon is like one of my good friends. I also did another project with Brandon yes. like right after that. Yes. Okay, you know? yeah. Brandon um, we've had on the show before. He's great. Yes, Wonder Brandon 1984. so talented. He is yeah. like, I cannot say enough good things about Brandon. He like he is such a an amazing actor and human being. <clears throat> Um, but we actually, Brandon and I actually did a project together like a year and a half ago, um, that he's actually, it was a short that he's actually talking about, um, turning into a feature, uh, which would be really oh, that cool. Would be cool. Yeah. And it has another, uh, DC based actor in it. It was just the two of us and, and his name is Ian Flanders. I think, you know, him, I think Al, you know, yes. him. so he was in it as he well. Friend, so yeah. yeah, that'll turn into something. Cause it was really cool. Really fun to do. I would love to see it. I'm looking yeah. forward to Seeing that one when it comes out, definitely shoot it our way. Um, but yeah, you got the, a chance to be a part of a really cool series on on uh, Showtime yes. uh, called yeah called American Russ, and you were in episode two. I really loved your character in this, Emily. So funny. Uh, you gave uh, Mark Pellegrino a titty twister. Yes, yes. <laughs> there you go. Literally five <laughs> seconds after meeting him. So yay. <laughs> It was COVID, so like we did all of our like rehearsals via uh, Skype and Zoom, and oh. that was like really in the height of COVID. So we were pretty much just like locked in our trailers, like we couldn't like leave because it was it was really yeah. just in the middle of COVID. So um, <clears throat> I didn't even meet any of uh, the people that I was working with until right before the scene. Right before the scene, wow, yeah. that is wild. Wow. Yeah. It was wild. And you had to, you know, you had to be close to it mark arm in arm this is you know his girlfriend uh the character is virgil right yeah and uh 
Um, you got to give him a titty twister. Uh, yeah. You know, this is kind of like the icebreaker. You're <laughs> grabbing yeah. his nipple. Uh, I know, that's, that's an icebreaker for you. I will say he is like the chillest human, though, and he was very cool. And, um, you know, I felt like I knew him right away, which was awesome. So that, that made things a lot easier for sure. Yeah, you caused uh, quite quite a drama at the uh, at the wedding there. Yeah, wow, go. it was fun to be a part of that scene. That was a really fun scene to shoot, and like you know, to be like yeah. a set, I love sets as opposed to like I mean I like both, but I really love working on sets because it's so fun to see how they like put them together. Um, right, you know, all the work and all the detail that goes into it, and uh, it was cool to see. Now, when you mentioned that the actual wedding venue was was a big set was that on the soundstage it was on a soundstage yeah the whole oh, thing wow. yeah and it was so fun it was a lot of fun wow wow yeah so yeah your character your character yeah got, you know got into some drama with uh mark pellegrino's character you ended up punching him right exactly yep yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it was cool to you know work with you know all of the people like the stage combat people and yeah uh, yeah there was an intimacy coordinator which i'd never worked with before i'd never even right. heard of that so that was new for me so that was kind of cool uh yeah it was cool it was it was such a fun project to be on it really was yeah and uh rust actually got renewed for season two originally supposed to be a you know end with season one didn't get renewed and then freebie which is like the free amazon and the yeah. new platform that's coming out they just renewed uh american rust for season two so i'm curious if we'll see more of your character shoni she needs to come back right she's yeah. got some unfinished business with, with unfinished business she really does <laughs> yeah. how's the audition process like for uh landing the role shoni oh you know it was really weird because i auditioned for that right before COVID started. Our original start date, I had several auditions. I think I had like maybe three, maybe three or so. Um, and our original start date was supposed to be uh, like, I think it was like March 26th, 2020. And then they put it on hold and they kept pushing it back. So we didn't think that it was gonna happen. And then like a lot of things got switched around and they were like, okay, you know, we're not doing this anymore. Actually we are. So it was a lot of, uh, you know, crossing your fingers to hope that that thing got made, you know, just because like after everything reopened, we were like, you know, do people's schedules align and, you know, all that good stuff. So it was really, it was, I, I'm so thankful that it happened. Um, and, you know, they were like, well, you need to get vaccinated right away. So I got vaccinated as quickly as I could just to, you know, be on the show. So it was, it was, you know, I'm really happy it got made, but I was definitely sweating bullets there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very, very cool role. Um, so you've done a lot of stuff in the East Coast, but then you had a really cool film called Tar that you shot in Los Angeles. And I, I got got to check that one out, too. It's also on Tubi. Uh, two of your films are on Tubi. Is it? Oh, my God. Uh, I love Tubi. Yeah. Like, Tar and love.com love on Tubi. Tubi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, wow, uh, you're like the final girl, I guess, character. I guess I'm just trying to stay away from spoilers, I guess. But, uh, um they are alluding to uh, a sequel, so uh, I guess based on the end of the film where it says, I don't think it's over, I'm not sure, you know, it will be back, referring to the monster, but they say they will be back. And uh, yeah, this monster from the La Brea Tar Pits, which I've seen, it's uh, it's a wondrous sight. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever yeah. seen before. And 
yeah, I mean, there, there's got to be some you know, crazy creatures like lurking in that tar, right? I right. Mean, exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, we actually filmed right next to the La Brea tar pits, which was cool. So, uh, yeah, it was fun to see. And uh, there's got to be something down there, right? <laughs> I know, absolutely. <laughs> and we certainly, we certainly saw that in, in tar. Uh, uh, did you have fun on set? It looked like the, that was a fun a film to shoot. I did. I had such a great time on that set. Uh, again, we were all like very close. Uh, the director, Aaron, um, you know, is a friend of mine. He's awesome. He's so oh, cool. cool talented. Um, we actually met through mutual friends. I was in a movie when I was in college and somebody there introduced me to Aaron and that's how I got this film. So oh. um, it was really cool. Yeah. And um, Were you offered was, the role or did you still have to audition? I still auditioned. I auditioned you know, okay. like twice for it, but I got the audition because of this person who played my boyfriend in this movie, Gearheads. Ah, there you go. Yeah. I remember seeing that on your reel. Everything's kind of linked. Yeah. That's yeah, everything. So that's the thing about being an actor in the industry. You have to keep these connections because your next role could be someone from a previous project that you, you've worked with and always never burn a bridge too. Never what burn a bridge. Right. Never ever burn a bridge. I mean, that, that's, that's definitely good advice. And I think it's amazing because you know, you're, you're representing the DMV area, but uh, Emily, you found a lot of success, uh, you know, in different markets, which is uh, some people kind of dominate like the DMV market, New York. Um, mm-hmm. But you have pro- projects that are seen everywhere. I do. Shot yes. every, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really weird because I also have like a regular job, like a normal person job. So um, people are always very thrown. My coworkers don't really understand when I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm using my PTO to go film a movie. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't get it, you know? It's amazing. It's, yeah, some, sometimes uh, you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. That's so cool. What has been your career highlight? I mean, you've had some really cool projects. I'm just looking at you. you know, I mean, some that, something that we haven't talked about is Fault in Our Stars. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, Fault in Our Stars was a huge one. Um, this past a lot of fun. fall, I auditioned for a film where I would be playing opposite Tom Hanks. And I got to the producer session, and it was the coolest thing of my entire life. Um, I didn't get it after that, but it was one of the cooler moments of my life. Wow. Yeah, that would be the highlight? What? That would be the career highlight so far? That was one of my career highlights, even though, you know, I ended up not getting the role to make it that far uh, yeah. for a role opposite Tom Hanks, you know, and in the room with those people. It was just right. the coolest experience. Interesting. Most people, you're talking about a, a project you almost got, but not quite. But, yeah. but still, yet one of your highlights is very interesting to hear. Yeah, because wow. I was with huge names, and I, you know, I was like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, you guys are all like very famous, and I'm, you know, it was just, it was, it was very cool. Sometimes wow. when you don't get it, like, it sounds so cliche, especially like in the yeah. actual world. Like, if you don't get something, it's it, it's still an accomplishment. It really is. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. Awesome. What um, what particular genres would you like to do that you haven't done yet, like? I mean, we were talking about fandoms like maybe Marvel, Star Wars, DC. Are, are there anything in that genre maybe that, that you would love to do? 
Oh my god, I would kill to be in a Star Wars movie. I would absolutely yes. go. Oh, I love Star Wars to the core. I mean, I love like the Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean like franchise. Like, I wish they would bring that back. You know, um, they will now that Johnny got won that case. Exactly. Like, that, <laughs> you know, the the original Pirates of the Caribbean was one of my favorite movies ever of all time, and I would I would kill to be in one of those. And also, and also Star Wars. Like, I mean, you know, you gotta love a franchise. You really do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what what character uh, in the Star Wars franchise could you see yourself playing? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I would want to be somebody, like, evil. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Imperial. Yeah. Would you want to Would you want a role where you have to, like, put on a lot of prosthetics or... Um, oh, my yeah. gosh, absolutely. So I actually was in a show called Paradise Lost a couple years, where, a couple years ago yes. where I died. And I died a pretty brutal death in that um, show. I got run over by a boat. <laughs> And I oh. was like, my body was just all mangled on one side. And I was in the chair for, I think, four or five hours a night. And it was so yeah. cool because it is like, it is art. I mean, they are like really just, I mean, they are so talented. And like the amount mm -hmm. of detail that goes mm -hmm. into that is just, it was, it was mind boggling to me. I was like, this is wild. Yeah, four to five hours. Wow, my ADD couldn't take that. <laughs> oh, it was funny because you had been like there so long. Even though you're just like sitting there, they're like, "Okay, now it's time for your day to start." And I was like, "Wait a minute, I started like five hours ago." <laughs> you know what I mean? but yeah. That part was like weird, but uh, but it was so cool. So um, playing an alien would totally be cool because you'd go through that in the makeup chair and putting on like maybe something like an Ahsoka, you know, like one of those. What? Yeah. And then you don't really take it off. Like I would walk into the hotel with all of that still on, and like literally they didn't. Yeah. Like the people at the front desk were like, "Oh hey," I'm like, "But look." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, what can you tell us of stuff coming out? Because I saw you had some stuff in uh, post production, some stuff in development on your IMDb. Yes, I have a couple stuff like um, yeah that's coming up, and then I'm also starting on another project at the end of September that's filming in LA. Cool. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Um, it's a director I've actually, I've never worked with before, but who I, I've known and who's so talented. So I'm so excited for that. Um, you know, I had mentioned that, you know, the Brandon project is also coming, coming out. Um, yes. Um, I have another one that we are doing with a couple girls, um, in LA who are pretty, you know, accomplished actresses. So that's fun because, uh, it's a lot of people that I know and it's just going to be a lot of fun. So a lot coming up, but, uh, very excited and, um, I'm on hold for a project right now that I really, really want. So I, oh, we know what that's like. Some of us know what, what that's like, a being pinned or on hold or on a veil. You're just kind of waiting and waiting. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it's like uh, heartbreaking, you know, for me, it's been exactly 50, 50. Like every time I've been like pinned or on a veil, um, it's been exactly 50, 50. Cause people are like, Oh, like how often do you get it? And I'm like, literally for me, 50, 50. So. Yeah, that's true. That's you should never get too excited until it's an official offer. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Or, or post on social media. A lot of people exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. You can't ever post unless like done deal. Unless it's on social yeah. media. Yeah. You can do it. People, you know? Yeah. If you post something, I'm so excited. I, I got a call back. But no, yeah. you know, you don't want to jinx it, obviously. It's kind of almost just wait for the real thing to happen, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I'm yeah. very superstitious when it comes to that. So, yes. Very, very much so. Very cool. Well, tell us about your decision to, to leave the East Coast and go out, out West and how, how that's been for you. 
you know, for me, it needed to happen. I love the East Coast. My family's there. I still have a ton of friends there, all that good stuff. But the there's something magical about the West Coast. There really is. I love LA. I really, truly do to the core. It's, you know, <laughs> you never get bored. Yeah, it's crazy and chaotic and people are weird. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't have it any other way. You know? As many times I've been in LA, yes. Yeah, yes, like it's, it's a weird city and I love it. <laughs> You can go out a you can go around the bar will be packed on a Monday or Tuesday night and you can really find that in other yes. cities. Just, yes. You know? It's so or weird. Events, like, you know? I spend a lot of time in Seattle because I also work for Microsoft. And so when I'm in Seattle, it's weird how like the culture is so different because like people here are like employed. Like mm-hmm. fully employed. And like in LA, like no one's employed. Like, you know what I mean? Like people are always like, this project and not project or whatever. Project, but right. like, the people in Seattle, like they have LinkedIn's and like <laughs> things to me. I'm just like, oh, weird. And they say things like, you know, PTO. And I'm like, people in LA, like they're like, want to get out tomorrow at three, at like a Wednesday at three. I'm like, you know, it's a totally different thing. Yeah. Well, what advice would you give to actors that are in the same situation yourself? And I'm, I'm in the same situation as well. Uh, we are pursuing our dreams of acting, but we do have other jobs um, and some full-time jobs. Um, what is any advice for balancing both succeeding in acting and a career? Yeah, you know, the thing that I found um, to be the most helpful is to really go after the projects that you want. Um, there was a time when I would just, you know, audition for anything I can get. And that's a good, that's a good tactic if it's, you know, your, your full-time gig. But, um, I think, you know, picking the roles that you would actually want to take, that you can actually see moving your career forward, you know, that's what you need to focus on instead of just, you know, throwing a bunch of random stuff at the wall and seeing what hits, but really get, you know, maybe a couple of auditions, sure they're just perfect. Awesome. Yeah. That, that's. Probably it. You have to sometimes just say no to certain things too. Yeah. And put you know, in the if, if a project, you know, go above yeah. and beyond for the ones you really want and really do, do your research, research the director, research the producers, see what their style is. Cause a lot of, I mean, you can get, there's so many clues. If you watch, you know, certain directors, movies or writers, movies, you can get so many tips as to their style or their tempo or, you know, um, I've auditioned for like Aaron Sorkin before and like, you know, yeah. called Sorkin speed, you got to go super fast or it's just not going to work. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so many clues if you just do your research. <laughs> so was it really gratifying the first time you were able to say no to a project? Like you felt comfortable enough to, um, say, I don't really think this is a fit for me instead of the other way around. Yeah. I've actually never said no to a project after I've booked it. I would always oh. say no in the audition phase. So okay. I would know, um, you know, because I, I don't want to ever leave anybody hanging. Because like you said, like you don't want to burn bridges in this industry at all. Okay. But if there is an audition that's coming up and I'm like, you know, I don't know what this is or the pay isn't mm-hmm. enough or it's, you know, you got to pay for your own lodging in the middle of nowhere. You know, you got to do the stuff that you think you know, that you're either really passionate about or that, you know. Well, do they always, do they, do they always, uh, I've never been on an audition. So do they always disclose that information during the audition? Like, have, have you ever been blindsided by that afterwards? 
I've definitely been blindsided in the past, but I would say like as of the past, like, I, I mean, my agent's wonderful. So they're pretty upfront because they don't want to waste their time and they don't mm-hmm. want to waste the director's time. So nobody wants to waste anybody's time. So, you know, if there's like a role and like, if you're like against doing full nudity, you know, at the very beginning, you know, my agent will ask, is there full nudity? You know, and if it's no, then it's no, no harm, no foul. You know what I mean? And you can just move forward and no one's wasting anybody's time. Okay. Is that something that is a, a hard no for you? No, um, it depends on the project, you know, it really does, because I think there's like a really tasteful way to do it. And of course, you know, if you're in some you know, brilliant film and you're working right. with, you know, if you're uh, on The Wrestler or something and, you know, you're working with Darren Aronofsky and you have to play a stripper, right. that's very different than, you know, playing a stripper in some ultra low budget movie that has two lines and no character development. It's very different. Right. So uh, you need to kind of figure out which one is going to help your career and which one isn't. Okay. Right. Yeah, th- things get kind of heated in that uh, tar scene in tar in the in the closet with the. With the- oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. sure if we we're going to get some of Emily's peaches, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, no, yeah, definitely, definitely did. But I think when you work with people who are just so like professional and so cool mm-hmm. that it's not weird, and like in that situation i was close with aaron so it wasn't right at all right yeah because like you said when you did american rust you had to give mark pellegrino a titty twister meeting him for the first time but at least with working with um aaron right from from tar someone that you're already friends with that that was a lot easier it makes makes the scene go a lot smoother right when you're doing intimate intimate scenes yeah exactly very cool is there a particular actor uh in Hollywood that you wouldn't mind working with in a similar type Jesse of scene? Eisenberg. I would love to work with Jesse Eisenberg okay. so much. I think he's so brilliant. I think he's just, oh God, I think he's great. I'd love to work with him. Yeah. Social Network is a fantastic, fantastic yeah, film. Yeah. That's like one of my favorites ever. Well, isn't it awesome? It's amazing. It's, it's, really it's so, it's so groundbreaking. It is. I mean, just, just knowing what, what went behind Facebook. Mm-hmm. And the movie is so well done. I love that movie. Everything about that film, yeah. From the score, got some uh, Trent Reznor, some Nine Inch Nails, which is great. Well, uh, awesome. Well, Emily, wow, this has been awesome. Wow, thank you so much uh, for chatting with us here on Hello, The Belt Show. And uh, again, uh, congrats on all these awesome, awesome projects. I hope to see you back on American Rust. Me too. And you got Me some too. unfinished business uh, with Mark Pellegrino, and of course, that's an amazing, amazing cast. I mean, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Daniels, and my gosh, um, just so, so many great, great talents. So we'll look out for that because season two, uh, I believe, is shooting in Pittsburgh. So, Ooh, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's go, right? Yes. Awesome. Well, Emily, before we let you go, if you could let us know who you are, throw out kind of your claims to fames, and then let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Yes, I am Emily Peachy. I was in The Fault in Our Stars, and you were on Below the Belt Show. Awesome. awesome. Emily, thank you so much. I guess we'll do Hi. a photo. Let's do a photo up real quick. All right, on the count of three. Just look straight ahead. One, two, and... Well, Emily, I hope to see you uh, on the east or the west coast. I hope to get out to L.A. soon. I miss Come it. Come out. Seriously, let me know when you're here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And likewise, if you're on the DMV. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Emily.
Thank you so much. Thank you. Emily Peachy, guys. Oh, Lovely and talented. She's she so fantastic. Cute. Yeah, yeah, fantastic <laughs> actress. Yeah. And I especially love, I especially love the guests who um, have a lot to talk about, like and are willing to like do things like give advice and you yeah. know, they, like bring like a real insight to. You like that, huh? Yeah, like it's a. You know, they. I find them much more interesting than the guests who all they want to do is talk about like how great their projects are. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I mean, even though she did that, and there's like obviously there's an expectation that you would do that, but it's right. also like you get like there's just something that feels more authentic about um, someone who also like talks about some nuances and you know, other sides of like, you know, what it's like, you know, kind of the behind the, you know, behind the curtain thing about what it's like to be an actor. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. In a couple minutes, I'm going to get through the rest of this rapid pace so we can close out tonight's show. Um, if you're a fan of Law & Order SUV, SUV, SVU, SVU, <laughs> SUV. Kelly Giddish, a longtime cast member who plays Amanda Rollins, will be leaving for the upcoming 24th season. She's been there since 2011. So oh, that wow. is, she's been on that show forever. <clears throat> the show's been around forever in general, but she'll definitely be missed. Did it start? Like, has it always had Mariska Hargit? Is it Mariska Hargit? Yeah, Mariska Hargit. Yeah. I know Christopher Noth. I mean, not Christopher Noth. What's his name? Chris Merloni. He, like, left the show a long time ago, didn't he? He did, and that's yeah. when Kelly Giddish came in. Yeah. And there you go. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, she's, she's. Uh, I mean, it's time to move on. Eventually, if you're on a procedural for so long, you, you got to move on and, you know, you know, get some other work in, you know. There's so much so much other cool projects you could be doing. I mean, that's that SVU isn't, you know, SVU isn't cool, you know. It's pretty formulaic, you know. But I guess it, I mean, it's pretty easy to get, like, typecast into that. And it's um, harder to, you know, branch out and try more, like, challenging things. And I don't know, like, they, they, um, like, a show like that, the procedural like that, I mean, they have, like, 23 episodes a year. And so they're working. A lot of fatigue. Yeah. I can imagine just, just, you know. Work on a show with like six episodes, you know, or like Disney Plus show with eight episodes, you know. They're not um, all on the same um all twenty three episodes too though. They they do get breaks. Um yeah. My, my yeah, my wife watches this show. Um so I've I've seen a lot of it in the background. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and it's like, you know, episode some episodes won't involve all the characters and you know, so they're not all doing like well, who's the main one? She's probably in like most of them, but um, yeah, I know the the blonde girl. She's not. She's she's in and out. Yeah, she so she's definitely out uh, after. Um, you know, is that, yeah, so 20, 2011 She's been on. So this is it is SVU the only Law and Order show currently on TV? Criminal Intent. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Criminal Intent is the one. Got the other one. Yeah. Um, and Neff Campbell, she's gonna go. Uh, she's gonna be on a network TV show on ABC called avalon so she's you know as you know she's not doing the next screen movie they apparently didn't want to pay her what she wanted but it's a mystery series based on a short story um by michael connelly whose novels inspired the lincoln lawyer all right the mtv vmas are this coming sunday 
Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, one of my favorites, will be given the Global Icon Award. Well, well deserved. Um, and LL Cool J, Nicki Minaj, and Jack Harlow are are a trio to host VMAs. Um, so yeah, uh, you know those shows kind of uh, lost its luster for me. I, I was used to all the the crazy stuff that went on with you know Taylor Swift and Kanye and Madonna kissing Britney Spears and you know right. we don't get really crazy we don't get those crazy moments anymore on those shows anymore. Um, uh, and, um, oh yeah, um, I only have a one me two thing. Uh, Gary Busey was at the monster mania convention, uh, which we actually frequent here on below the belt show. It's a great convention. A lot of, uh, you know, actors from a lot of your favorite horror movies and, um, horror TV shows and just pop culture in general. Apparently, uh, he groped a couple of the attendees at the convention, <laughs> grabbed her butt, uh, uh, tried to unhook her bra. Uh, this was, and uh, apparently he's denying it, saying that nothing happened and the interaction was false. Uh, and he said that he has an eyewitness who can back up his version of the story. But yeah, they they do have an investigation right now with... With Gary Busey. Which uh, uh, which Monster uh, Mania was this? This was the one in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, not the one in Hunt Valley. Yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> the one, uh, the one uh, earlier this month, yeah. That's uh, that's, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, I mean, Gary Busey has a history of like erratic yeah, behavior. He always um, a little crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's like I mean, that's a pretty serious accusation, but it's also not an completely unbelievable one. Right. <laughs> and so it's uh, and, you yeah. know, he's had some kind of head injury or something or, or some kind of surgery, with, which has affected his his mental capacity. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he might be using that as, as a scapegoat, perhaps. I don't know. Um, but uh, he's definitely not the same <laughs> actor um uh, that we we once knew but uh, we'll have to see as more uh is unraveled in, in, during their investigation but he's denying all the groups <laughs> all right uh and we're closing out with um very sad rest in peace uh we were off for a couple of weeks but we lost two huge uh names in entertainment um two women that paved the way really for for a lot um one is olivia newton john who died earlier on August 8th. Um, she's had a long battle with breast cancer and sadly had passed away uh, due to her battles with that. <clears throat> in fact, uh, AMC theaters will be playing Greece in 135 of its theaters uh, as a way of uh, paying tribute to Olivia Newton-John. Um, of course, her, her hit songs, Have You Never Been Mellow, You're the One That I Want, Physical, um, 1978's Greece, still considered one of the most Enduring film musicals of all time. We also lost Anne Heche. Very, very sad circumstances with Anne Heche. She was involved in a crazy car crash. Um, crashed into a house. Um, the house owner had minor injuries. She survived the crash initially. Was seen actually trying to escape the stretcher that was pulling her away. But sadly ended up having um, internal injuries that caught up with her. Um, she was also severely burned during that. Um, um, and she was on life support for a little while until they uh, found suitable uh, 
matches for donor um for organ donation um i mean Anne hayes she's been in hung everwood aftermath chicago pd um and just a long long list and she famously dated uh, ellen DeGeneres. I'm sure a lot of people uh, remember that as well um and she uh will be interred at the hollywood forever cemetery where other People from Hollywood uh, have, have been laid to rest. McRooney, Burt Reynolds, even Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer that Alec Baldwin shot and sadly accidentally killed on set of Rust, um, had also, um, are also buried there as well. Um, also lost Virginia Patton, known for It's a Wonderful Life, the age of 97. And Ian John King from Stars, Spartacus, um, sadly passed away at the age of 49 the young age of 49 from carcinoma cancer so oh it's always tragic when yeah it's young yeah and uh with death we celebrate life for those um they're getting married jennifer lopez and ben affleck even though they got married legally in court had an official big ceremony in front of friends and family in georgia and also Sarah Hyland from Modern Family and Wells Adams yep. also uh, married over the weekend. Yes, you, you saw that, huh? Yeah, I saw that. I love her. You're, you're a fan. Love oh. Modern Family. <laughs> yeah. Modern Family, yeah. That, that was one of the, the best sitcoms. Uh, it, was, it was like really like had a lot of steam. It's still it. good, yeah. Yeah, but it has a, a very funny rewatch value. You know, so some shows don't have a. A good rewatch value but uh this one apparently did um and of course we end with celebrity birthdays which uh, for some reason didn't transfer on my notes here but i'll pull it up real quick uh celebrating a birthday on august 24th includes um let's see uh <laughs> steve gutenberg from police academy oh yeah hey steve 64 and short uh, circuit. Short circuit, yes. Jared Harris from The Crown is 61. Uh, Marley Matlin, who we saw recently in Coda, she's 57. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was Amy, really good in The Magicians. Yes, <laughs> yes. She's great. Um, kind of like Hollywood's go to deaf actress. Yeah. Uh, Ava DuVernay, director extraordinaire, is 50. Happy birthday, Dave Chappelle. Oh, wow. All right. See, he's 49 today. That's a big name, guys. Alex Laughlin from Hawaii Five-0, the new Hawaii Five-0 is 46. Chad Michael Murray from One Tree Hills is 41. And Rupert Grint, Weasley from Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yes, it's 34. That's birthdays today, guys. Wow, what an incredible show from top to bottom. We'd like to thank, of course, our amazing panel, starting with... The one and only birthday girl. So I'll, I'll go with you first. It's your birthday. Your Grace, Morgan Fab, Thanks Daenerys, for having Monica. me. Yes. Um, Kenny Hopkins. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to be back. Yes. Thanks for talking about Star Wars Galactic. Star Cruise. Um, and, of course, Mike the General Zod, the Persian Prince. And closing out tonight's show, at the throughout, Olivia Newton-John's hit song, Physical, to close out tonight's show. Um, it's a great song. It's a dedication to 
Olivia. Um, Great workout the, song. Yeah, the good goth song, guys. Yeah. So on behalf of everybody here, we'll see you next week. Right. Until then, peace. peace. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.